I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every week. I'm Broderick Gordis. Ho, 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 I'm Damask Leary. And this is a very special holiday-themed bonus episode. Instead of our normal off-topic hot topic segment or reviewing a season of television, we'll be discussing six holiday-themed episodes of TV, many of which have been suggested by listeners such as yourself. We'll also take some time to talk about the year in TV that was... 2018. Damask Leary, are you in the holiday spirit yet? Oh, tis the season, my friend. Tis the season. And also today at work, because I'm back working in um, some of the theatres in Melbourne, I got to experience... um, one of those mega churches Christmas sermon <gasps> special things. Amazing. It was horrific. It was? Yes. Tell the entire sermon was about generosity, aka give the church all your money. Oh it my was God. Yeah, I thought it, they'd be subtle about it. They are not. No, they are not. They are not at I all. I remember going to a few of those, a friend of ours, a friend of mine back in uh, Bendio days, mm. had taken me to a couple of those because they were. Fun and exciting. He was really trying to get me onto yeah. the uh, Christianity bandwagon. Well, clearly not. They certainly would always ask newcomers if they wanted mm. to be saved. Come forward, raise your hand. Didn't get happen. a free Bible. Still haven't done that. Uh, I'll get around to it one day. <laughs> um, they would pass around these gigantic buckets, and they mm. were like, they weren't like your little church place plates. They were. They well, wanted all your money. This church doesn't do that. What they have is on the screen in the back, um, like a BSB, pa- <laughs> a BSB, like a B pay. <laughs> they have set up a B pay. Oh my god! It's like it's intense. Can you do like a payment plan? Maybe you know. I'm sure they're registered with Afterpay. I yeah. have no doubt about that. <laughs> Four easy payments to get yourself saved. <laughs> Salvation. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Beautiful. Wow. That is certainly. I don't know if that puts you more in the spirit or pushes you right out of the spirit. No, it puts me more into the spirit because, like, because I used to be a Christian back in the day, so Christmas used to have that meaning. No longer. Yeah, we're does. heathens on this podcast. Exactly. I apologize. But not to Jesus. Uh, <laughs> it's all right, you're forgiven anyway. <laughs> that's right. Well, no, that's not. Well, how you it acknowledge works. that he's real, so that's enough, isn't it? Yeah. No, um, okay. no, it's definitely that's definitely shows not. how much I know about. Yeah, that's not okay, how it works. Cool. Um, but no, so now I've embraced Christmas fully as this kind of secular thing, where it's about Christmas movies and yeah. stupid like secular Christmas songs and Christmas specials. That's what it's about. And now that it, that's what it's about. Christmas is awesome yeah. and not super boring. Secular Christmas is great. Yes. Yeah, it's that's the way to mm, be. And the idea the that we've called this the holiday special, let's be honest, we're both grow, grow, sort of grown up or live in a very Christian sort of centric mm-hmm. Australia, which is quite secular anyway in a yeah. lot of ways, Australia. So Christmas is, mm. if we say Christmas more than holidays, 
We do mean to include everyone. That's right. But we mean it in the secular Christmas sense. Absolutely. Where Christmas is spelt with an X, mm. not with a Christ. I'm talking about like Coca-Cola's Christmas. Exactly. Is, that's the brand That's I'm, the sort of Christmas yeah, we're going exactly. for. Exactly. Slightly less. Listen, I want to move it away from the commercialism and like oh, the I capitalist don't. side of things if we can. No. I want to be about the family and about, you know, the uplifting things. Just <laughs> less Jesus if we can. Before we go on into the actual episode proper, mm-hmm. as you like to say, <laughs> I do have a little announcement for all you folks out there. I have put together in my free time which I actually don't have um, a little YouTube series which is me doing a little comedy critique about romantic comedies which is my favourite genre mm-hmm. I love rom-coms you've been threatening to do this for a while yeah I have been threatening to do this <laughs> <laughs> I'm constantly writing broad letters that are made out of tiny cut out letters <laughs> Um, just being like, it, it is coming. It is coming. Um, so that is launching tomorrow, which I think is when this episode. Probably out by the time this is up. Yeah, cool. So it's called Love is a Lie. It is on the Hunting Seasons YouTube channel. So mm-hmm. check that out. Love is a Lie. The first episode I'm going to announce here is not A Christmas Prince, but the sequel. A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding. I didn't... Oh, there's a sequel. Yeah, it's doubly bad. Um, so, I talk about that. So, get onto the old YouTube. I'll put a link in the yep. uh, episode description as well. And we'll definitely promote it on Twitter as well, mm-hmm. so you can find it. Hunting Seasons, Love is Alive. Awesome. And with that, let's get into this episode proper. You're now entering the Spoiler Zone. Spoiler warning, on this episode, we'll be discussing and potentially spoiling some stuff from a whole lot of TV shows. We'll do our best to avoid crazy, major, earth-shattering secrets, but since we are discussing episodes out of their seasonal context, we may have to go to some slightly spoilery places. As such, proceed with caution, there may be spoilers ahead, you have been warned. Buffy, Season 3, Episode 10, Amends. Buffy's ex-angel has a bad case of the holiday blues. All of his murder victims come back in a less fun version of A Christmas Carol. Xander is a jerk, as per usual, and Willow tries to bone Oz as an I'm sorry gift. Angel tries to kill himself in what can only be described as the laziest suicide attempt ever. But it snows and it's all okay. Yay! The end. It's been a long time since I watched Buffy is what I realised. Mm. A- apart from maybe revisiting my favourites, like Once More With Feeling and yeah. Hush and stuff like that. It's been ages. It's been a few I- years for me now, yeah. So, like, being diving right back into, like, a mid-season episode was very strange. <laughs> and, like, trying to get, like, where is everybody? All right. Mm-hmm. Xander is stuff that's happened with Cougadelia. Oh, Willow drama. and Oz are doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that was uh, fun to get back into. But something that came back to me very quickly is mm. how goddamn awful David Boronaz's Irish accent is. <laughs> yeah, no, it hits you. It hits you right in the face. Um, I feel like before writing that part of the character, they should have asked me, like, can you do an Irish <laughs> accent? And it would have been a resounding, no, I can't. Yeah, I wonder if I can sh- do a, in, like a very insulting impression of a leprechaun, <laughs> if that's what you're after. I can absolutely do that. An you Irish just, accent? No. They did the table read. He understood what the lines were. He yeah. showed up on the day and was like, oh, by the way, you need, you need to be Irish in this yeah. scene. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, to be sure, to be sure. And to cover yeah. it, we'll just distract them with the awful moustache and horrible Disgusting mullet. Hair? <laughs> Disgusting hair. Disgusting hair. Yuck. Uh, Buffy's got some great Rachel hair in this episode as well, I thought. Yeah, I mean, very she does have times. a little pixie fringe, which was very popular at mm-hmm. the time. Um, I mean, it is always fun to go back to Buffy and just appreciate the fashions yes. um, of the time, particularly some of Willow's jumpers. 
I might oh, pay for yeah. it. Oh, God. If I could have Willow's jumpers, I would be in heaven. Willow's look is way more like fashionable these days than it probably was back in the 90s. Oh, now she's a hipster on Brunswick Street. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we know plenty of people like her. Uh, one of the first questions that came to mind in this episode, mm. the big problem here is that Angel's around, Buffy's trying to avoid him, he's mm. trying to avoid her maybe, and then he's having this ghost of Christmas past thing. Yes. One of the more Christmassy parts of the episode, mm-hmm. obviously, which was well done. Tie that in thematically. Um, I, why does he have to be in Sunnydale? Why can't he just get the fuck out of Dodge for a little while? Because um, it's Angel and all he does is torture himself. <laughs> <laughs> and they haven't yet built the sets for Angel, that's the true. TV show. Yeah, that's coming. So he's got to... That's next, is he's it? He's just bad. Yeah, that's End of next. season three is his last yeah. year, right? It's mm-hmm. just like, get the hell out of there. Yeah, yeah right. season four, we have Riley. Blah. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert for the most boring character ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything particular about this episode you want to discuss? Hmm. Um, it's Yeah, it's funny watching Willow with Oz. That was a great scene. It's beautiful. I love them together. Yeah. And I always like look back on that and think it's a shame that they didn't make Willow just bisexual. Yeah. Because like she had a really lovely relationship with Oz that I think was like genuine. I don't say like sexuality is fluid and people can kind of like, you know, go from one end of the Kinsey scale to the next. But I also think like she's probably just, if it was written now, she's just bisexual. Totally, yeah. yeah. Things, yeah, were a little more black and white. That's right. Sort of back in the 90s. You've eaten puss, you must be a lesbian now. (laughs) And they were kind of, I mean, you know, it was a bold like thing at the time, Mm. making Willow gay, right? So, Oh, I appreciate what it was. Absolutely. No, but I did. I loved that scene. And there was... Gorgeous. Again, haven't watched Buffy in a little while. It was like felt a little out of rhythm with it in some ways. It has definitely aged a little bit. (laughs) You know, the world has moved on somewhat. It's uh, dated slightly, but that scene held up really well, I mm. thought. And there was some great, some of the comedy in it as well feels a little more forced these days. Some of the writing, again, just maybe out of rhythm with like the way that show's written a little bit because I haven't watched it in ages. Mm. But the bit where Oz stands up, she's like, where are you going? He's like, oh, nowhere. I just stood up for dramatic effect. Yeah. And then they sit back down again. I thought that was very cute. And- yeah. I've, I mean, I, how long ago did you watch it? It's been ages since I've watched. I've been right. meaning, now that it's on Facebook via VPN, yeah. I've been meaning to go back. In fact, my girlfriend mm. has the first season on DVD she borrowed from a friend, so I'm like, perfect. Need to start going back through this. You do. I've kind of also been saving it for the potentially doing it one day for the podcast. Yeah. I, I'm so scared to do that, but we definitely should. Um, but I think because my ex-girlfriend was re-watching... Buffy, yeah, um, and so I would like walk in and like watch like chunks of seasons with her and stuff. So I guess it wasn't that long ago mm-hmm. when I watched it. So yeah, I think like when you're in I think the world I'm of Buffy, it, when you're fine. like, yeah, it's totally fine. And like while it has dated, it's like dated. I think wonderfully, <laughs> like in like such a cute way. Uh, this was also again not trying to spoil things. I didn't realize I'd forgotten the first was introduced yeah. this early. Mm-hmm. First, we'll just say he's a big deal later on. Yeah. If you haven't seen this phone of Buffy. But like that such a tiny yeah. little feature in an I episode knew in the middle of season three. The first was introduced in an earlier season. I just couldn't remember where. Because I've certainly watched the later seasons probably more than the really early seasons. Um and so yeah, I I just couldn't yeah, remember like watched- where I placed the first. I was yeah. like, I know it like because they, they actually mention it in like the later seasons, like, you know, you've 
dealt with this evil before or whatever. I was like, oh, now I know. It's the Christmas special. It is funny. I've definitely watched season six and seven way more than I've watched the other seasons. I know those as clear as a bell in my mind. For me, it was because there's more lesbianism in those seasons. Sure. (laughs) Though, while watching this, all I could think was like, oh, no wonder there are so many. It's actually, sorry. There are so many um, Buffy and Faith. Uh, fem slash videos sure. on YouTube. Literally, when you try to just Google anything with Buffy on YouTube, oh, sorry, not YouTube it. Yeah, it's all just fan videos. You, it's so hard to find like a scene because I was doing <laughs> um, I was doing a, like a little edit for a, a new project I'm doing, and I just wanted like a straight Buffy scene, the scene in which Buffy and Faith fight in the church after they've switched bodies. Yeah, right. I wanted that scene. It's impossible to find because it's just all like montages of them to Coldplay. That's all it is. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. Music videos were a huge thing during that era as well. There's so many like anime music videos from that time as well. I spent so many years between what, seven, well, I was too old, 17 to 21 making like fem slash fan videos. <laughs> I was all about it. Linkin Park features in a lot of them as well <laughs> from memory. Oh, what was that awful Evanescence? Evanescence oh. is all over it. Oh, yes. Just if you Googled Neon Genesis Evangelion and Evanescence, I think you'd come, and Linkin Park, those two, you'd find. The internet would explode. Thousands <laughs> of videos on YouTube. Overdrive. Uh, over, yeah, it's just like mm. too many to name. Uh, yeah, the something actually, a little detail, a little detail I wanted to point out as well. Mm. Watching this, there's a scene at the end, which when this was just on standard definition television, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you didn't notice it. In the final scenes between Buffy and Angel, mm. There are so many out-of-focus shots where the focus is on the back of someone's head in the foreground and, like, Buffy is having an emotional moment and she's a fucking blur. And then at first it was angel shots. When you switch to the angel uh, shot, it'd be in focus. But then even those started to be out of focus. Mm. like, I hope this person was fired. This is terrible. I I feel like it was much easier to get into TV back in the day. It's like, (laughs) have you used a camera before? No, but I have heard of them, so I'm sure it's fine. How do we think of the Christmas elements of this episode? Obviously, um, it's very hot in December in, yes. in Sunnydale. In California, it California. is indeed. Um, Christmas elements. I mean, I love the mention of Hanukkah mm-hmm. and how um, Willow is constantly like, it's not Christmas spirit. I'm fucking Jewish, yep. which I really appreciate. Um we have a Christmas tree lot that somewhat plays into the plot. Yes. Um, and it ends with snow. It ends with snow. A Christmas miracle, which I quite enjoy. I like the little details of Xander having his family issues there mm-hmm. as well. Christmas for him is not a happy time. Yeah. He'd much rather, turns out, be studying in the library, with which, going back to Buffy, just seeing those four, Giles, Xander, yeah, Willow, so Buffy nice. in the library is a very homely place. Yeah. And, you know, Buffy's mum lighting a fire and then being like, <sighs> Should I put the aircon on? <laughs> Which I thought was very good. <laughs> very good. I love Joyce. Um, uh, yeah, me and too. And then, uh, obviously, the ghosts of Christmas past coming to haunt mm. uh, Angel as well. Jenny Callender in particular. I'd forgotten she made a return. Yeah. That's a great part of the show, mm. Jenny Callender stuff. And just the scene where Angel goes to visit. Giles. Giles. And he goes, like, he goes to, he. Giles walks away. He's like, you got to invite me. He's like, oh, I'm well aware. <laughs> pulls out the crossbow. Come in, bitch. G- Giles mm. is awesome. He's a cool dude. Uh, is there anything else before we rate the I episode? I don't think so. How would you rate this episode out of five stars, Damask? Five stars? Oh, because it is a Buffy episode. So, like, standards are pretty high for me. Sure. Um, I don't know. I'm going to give it, like, 
3.5, I guess? I'm going to give it a 2.5. Oh, okay. I, I, it was, it was a very middling. But again, I feel like in context, I might have enjoyed it more. Yeah. Maybe seeing like the, the snow bit at the end is really weird to me. The Christmas miracle. I like the poetry of it. That the I day love is like, like back in the day, you didn't need to explain things. You'd be like, yeah, it just started snowing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas now on the internet, like. People would just be like, oh, it didn't even make sense <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> but it's a beautiful idea that Amy yeah. can walk around during that day. He's not going to burn up because yeah. the sky. And they frame. hold hands, but they can't connect genitals. Mm, it's a tragedy. Mm, mm, mm. There's that sexy dream sequence they have as well, oh, which is actually yeah. pretty great. So I just, when I was watching, I was just thought of like filming it because they just have to like roll around with their eyes closed. I was like, fuck, that'd be hard to do without laughing. It would be hilarious. Just do like sensual face. How would you rate this as a holiday episode out of five dead Christmas trees? I'm going to give it three dead Christmas trees. Three dead Christmas trees. Yeah, I think trees. it was all right. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 1.5. Oh, shit. You're being Christmas real. <laughs> I am. I just don't someone think- is not in the Christmas <laughs> spirit. My, my, my. <laughs> it was like, yes, it's set at Christmas, but I didn't necessarily feel it was particularly about Christmas, if you know what I mean. Okay. Like, so, from moving forward, should I be harsher with my- Because I'm just like, hey, I'm sitting here drinking wine in the Australian Christmas heat. Be be like, it's love, want. man. It's love. <laughs> you can be whatever you want. I'm, yeah. It was like, in terms of Christmassy episode, it wasn't really about Christmas. Mm. It was set during Christmas. Christmas, the only real Christmassy themes were the Christmas ghosts and then uh, the snow. Okay. Do you know what right. I mean? I, like, yeah. it doesn't really- it's I not, think, I'm, okay, just like a little explanation to the listeners at home. Broad told me this rating <laughs> system just as he arrived. I was like, oh, that's a really cool idea. I don't think I really understood <laughs> what You can annul it and start again if you want. Do you want to re-rate it? We can edit this back in. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, don't change the edit. I sure. think it's perfect. Okay. Um, sure. All right. I'll give it. Um, mm, I'll give it a. Oh yeah, it's not very Christmassy. All right, I'll give it a two. Two. Sure. Okay, yeah. beautiful. One point five dead Christmas trees, and yours two, <laughs> two out of dead five. Christmas trees. Beautiful. Hey, speaking of Buffy, Anthony mm. Stewart Head is obviously Giles in this. He is. He is in uh, a episode of Doctor Who in season two. Hey, what do British you- actor isn't? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting because our next episode actually is about the first episode of season two of Doctor Who. David Tennant's. Uh, First episode oh, as the Doctor. You're the Doctor of Segways. Amazing. <laughs> Doctor Who, the 2005 Christmas special, The Christmas Invasion. The Doc is passed out from a big nod out. Rose goes from scene to scene crying about her boyfriend got a nose job and doesn't love her anymore. Poor Mickey and her mum get no love. Aliens invade, the doc wakes up and is like, nah, and then everything is good. The end. <laughs> I gotta say, I do love a regeneration episode. There's just mm-hmm. so much fun to be had every time this happens. Just things all being muddled up and the doctor not really knowing who they are. Mm-hmm. First episodes are also pretty goofy, figuring out sort of the voice of that doctor. Which mm. I think with Tenet is pretty good early on. That there I is think it's really good. I think there's a couple of lines that stick out as not being great. It's funny. I kind of like the idea of the... Oh, no, the Lion King bit works, especially with a muddled head. There's a bit where he... After his hand gets cut off and he gets the new one, he's like, this hand, this is a fighting hand. Like, puts on an accent. And I was like, that's yeah. not very Tenant-y. I don't yeah, remember no, Tenant. It's... I don't remember oh. Ten ever really being... That's, yeah, too fun for Tenant. A little bit. A little bit too <laughs> yeah. goofy. But again, it works with a Doctor who's mm-hmm. just... um. Uh, sort of regenerated. I, but I do love 
the always love and regeneration episode where they finally get their costume. Mm, and it's like, a big moment. It is. Seeing him put on that brown suit, that brown jacket, and then the glasses, the brainy specs. Oh, love him. Did, um, with the screwdriver. Yes. Is that? Sonic, same one as Eccleston. Eccleston, yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, yeah that right. didn't change this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, what's interesting about this particular regeneration episode is that the Doctor is not in it for huge stretches of You're it. You're telling me. <laughs> I spent half an hour going... Wake up, Doctor. <laughs> this is fucking boring. It's, Please wake up. It's an interesting choice, isn't it? To, Terrible choice. You don't like it at all? I don't like it at all. Because we're left with Rose and Mickey and... Mm. Is it Jackie, her mum's name? I think so. I Jack, think Jack, Jackie. Great mm. tune. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I also <laughs> made the... Famous mis- Christmas Carol, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, Jack, Jackie. <laughs> um, I also made the mistake of watching Runaway Bride immediately after this. Oh, no. Which is so much better. The Julia Roberts movie, you mean? Yeah. Oh. Um, you Sorry. know, her and Richard Gere just have great chemistry. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am talking about Yanong, um, the Christmas special, which is the introduction of Donna. Yes. With David Tennant. Yes. The Doctor, my favourite duo ever. Um and that is a great Christmas episode. Sh- I think we should do that next year. Oh, we should saying. say, actually, that the last two, both the Buffy episode and this episode of Doctor Who, were suggested by listener Anna M- MCG uh, Oh, you fucked up, Anna. I, no. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, Anna, could have chosen better, all That's right? That's right. What were you thinking? So, we'll get around to that. Ne- I think we'll definitely... I've already got ideas for episodes I want to talk about next holiday season. All right, calm so down. We'll yeah. definitely get there mm-hmm. to that. But, yes, let's reserve... The Runaway Bride. <sighs> yeah. well, I mean, Doctor Who Christmas episodes, there are does, a dozen of those. I feel point. like we should have just done this episode about Doctor we Who could Christmas have. specials. We almost could have. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's mm. uh, it's a very odd choice. And i got to tell you, I am not a Rose fan. I know you're not. You hate her. And I really just, dis- like, A, there's just, the way she treats Mickey really annoys me. I know Mickey's a bit of a dick, the way he treats her about her talking about the Doctor and stuff like that. But she's run off with this guy, comes back, cuddles up to Mickey when he's vulnerable. It's awful. It's like gross. if they were like straight up friends, cool. But there's clearly like romantic intentions there. Yes. To be all like, oh, I'm so sad. Like, can you come for me? And also I just like fucking want to bone the shit out of this guy. It's like, whoa, you are giving like so many mixed signals. And I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, doesn't it suck to be in the friend zone? Because that's like nice guy yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, totally. But she's been, I think, just straight up emotionally manipulative. Insensitive, I think, <laughs> yeah. at the very least. And then she's having a cry because apparently... He left her, as in the doctor. Oh, she left me, mum. Go fuck yourself, Rose. Can I just say, not a great time. The world is ending. Uh-uh. And you're like, he left me, mum. He left me. I'm like, bitch, no one cares. We're all going to die. Literal There is no the future sky. for the human race. I don't care about your boyfriend. Ugh. Yeah, it's not great. Another thing that I really liked going back to this season of Doctor Who, though, the music, uh, Murray Gold's music, like... That iconic... Didn't notice uh, it. Didn't you? Okay. No. The I th- It might have been Eccleston's too, but I, in, in my mind, I always associate with Tenet. But the Doctor's theme, the... Ooh, bit, Perfect. It wasn't bad, <laughs> I thought. Um, it's so somber and it just sort of is a good representation of the Doctor at this mm. time. Sort mm-hmm. of that regretful, more serious Doctor. I'm still fun and zany, but I quite like that. Mm. His sideburns are out of control. Out of so. control. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're still developing the Doctor at this point. Yeah. It's all part of it. Mm. Um, some great Christmas inclusions. Very Doctor Who Christmas inclusions in this one, of course. The flame-throwing Santas. Mm. Oh. I mean, that's a bit of fun, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's killer- a great like Christmas party costume idea. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and Killer Christmas Tree. 
<laughs> just a spinning, deadly Christmas tree. Get away from the tree. This is the sort of fun I was missing in the new season in Series 11 of yeah, Doctor Who. totally. Stuff like that. Just really dorky. It was unashamed. Yeah. No, in the new season, they just kill people. <laughs> they just die. Although, that being said, some people die in this episode. R.I.P. Um, I don't remember who who specifically. I know, there's a bit where oh, they go yeah. on the ship and he's and like... He's like Die. Fuck you. Pshew. Die fuck you. Pshew. Almost gets That was a great reenactment that we just did. <laughs> <laughs> we really took the people there. Oh, also just some great like 2005-isms here as well. Mm. Um, Rose's mum, they can't get on to... You were in year 12. This is your final year of high school, wasn't it? It was my final Ooh, year of high school. Oh, yeah. Memories. They can't get on to Jackie because she's tied up on the land... Tied the landline up by being on the phone, <laughs> which I love. They have dial-up internet and then Mickey is somehow able to get access to the unit like video feed <laughs> via that dial-up internet, which mm. I did had no explanation. I, I like that. I love a classic early noughties hacking... Thing in a movie or TV show, I love it. Just it's word gobbledygook. It was the it was the era of hackers. Like that was even actually earlier, the nineties. Yeah, I believe that's when that movie Hackers was released. That's what I mean specifically, <laughs> yeah. Angelina Jolie. Exactly. Mm. Oh. Uh, cyberpunk era. Uh, there's, but I gotta say, as much as this episode had some interesting choices, not having the Doctor in it for very long, etc. The idea of controlling a third of the population. Mm. And then making them walk to the ends of buildings and holding the planet at ransom is a very cool idea. It is cool. And quite legitimately scary. Like watching people just walk and people try and stop them. And it just seems so, they're so powerless in that moment Mm. is a great visual scare and a really scary. It's cool. Mm. Again, sort of thing I wish was happening. some weird power fantasy? What's going on? No, no. I just, I just mean, again, kind of, if we're talking about current season Doctor Who, never really felt anything like mm. that. Never felt yeah. that sort of jeopardy. Mm-hmm. They take that idea, actually. There's a season of Torchwood called Children of Earth, which kind of runs with this yes. idea, which mm-hmm. I highly recommend people watch. That's mm. the best season of Torchwood by far, I think. Um, and there's, there's really interesting conversations to be had about like that hostage situation with an alien force. Like, what do you do? Mm. And the great, like... Towards the end, when the Prime Minister makes that Harriet choice, Jones. Harriet Jones. Don't you think she looks tired? Sorry. Oh, it's so good. Isn't that great? That is... Because I couldn't remember what he said. I was yeah. like, what is, like, what are those words? And then he just walks around and he says, don't you think she looks tired? And oh. I was like... Oh. I'd flash it like Hillary Clinton coming into my face. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. It's so true. Yes. That's all you need to say. And people were like, yeah, she does. Oh, she's not ready. She's not right to lead. Yeah. She's not right to lead. Oh, Fuck, it's good. All of that. That, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a certain subtlety in that power that the Doctor mm. has in that moment to know he doesn't need an army to make this. He just needs to those six little words yeah. to have a change. He but, understands people. But he then also, it. to a degree, I understand her position in wanting to, like, he, and I've got to say, we had a discussion about whether the Doctor kills or not. The oh, Doctor kills. fucking kills, <laughs> yeah. all right? He kills you know, a guy. Yeah, one chance, whatever Yeah, what, say, no second chances. No second chances. That's the sort of man I am. Yeah. Uh and so, but so that's an interesting thing that when those people they're leaving, but the threat that they will return is really there. I can see why a prime minister would be like, let's just make sure that's not a threat. I'm not saying yeah. it's the right choice, but saying it's an interesting one, and it's a cool little discussion at the end about that. I think so, and I think they both make some really good points as to why. Like she's like, well, you're not always here, so you come mm-hmm. and go. So we got to protect ourselves. Um, the very end. Uh, when they're in the snow, that's actually the ash of the debris of that. That is real dark without being dark at all. But I love that they comment on that. They're like, oh, it's beautiful. And they're like, less beautiful now. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Just keep so playing in it though. Yeah. And then um, 
the tea saves the day. Tea is mm. the thing. So British. I agree with that 100%. <laughs> tea Fixes is everything. Solution to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else before we get into our rating? Um, I don't think so, no. Cool. How would you rate this episode out of five stars? Five stars? Um, I'm going to give it like a two and a half right down the middle because half of it was shit. I think I enjoy the bits of it. Maybe because I remember, I always knew that, that this was a very Dr. Light episode. I know that he was asleep for most yeah. of it. So I'm going to give it a 3.5. Woo! Um, even though I hate Rose to bits. It, <laughs> Fuck. It, Hatred. It, mm. it reminds me... It was good to go back to the Russell T Davies era of Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and while it's cheap and nasty in some ways, it didn't have the budget it's and the effects great, though, and stuff. It's pretty great, though, isn't it? That stuff. It's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's really yeah. fun. It's got like a certain type of charm about it, which I really appreciate. It, it's it's not afraid to be a little bit dorky and yeah. like it's it so rem- like Doctor Who, well, like Doctor, Doctor Who, Who yeah. for the longest time. It was rubber like suits and yeah, cardboard sets. It was sets. camp as fuck, my friend. Totally. Mm-hmm. And like, as much as the show can have serious themes and go to serious places, you shouldn't forget that stuff. Like, no, you shouldn't. It can't ever get too serious about mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. And this doesn't. And I think it's a great example of what a Doctor Who episode should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you rate this as a holiday episode out of five flame throwing Santas? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give it holiday episode. I mean, it does have flame-throwing Santas is the thing. Flame-throwing Santas. We've got snow. Killer Christmas tree. We've got the snow tree. at the end. Um, uh, that's the main stuff, yeah. really. I guess I'll give it like a 3.5 then. Yeah. It's, it's like a little more than averagey Christmassy, I guess. Yeah, they they really... they Yeah, it's, it is set at Christmas, definitely. But um, I know, they really embrace... Christmas or imagery a lot of the mm. way through. A killer Christmas tree. I'm sorry. That's that's plenty right there. <laughs> that's that, all you need. That's all you need. Mm. Uh, you know what? I love Doctor Who, but I mm. loved when Community did Inspector Space Time, like the takeoff yes, of Doctor Who. Funny. I thought that was very cool. Hey, speaking of which, Community is our next uh, episode to talk about. Another great segue. <laughs> Community Season 1, Episode 12, Comparative Religion. Shirley becomes a human Fox broadcast about the war on Christmas, trying to control how everyone celebrates the holidays. Jeff tries to defend Abed from the bullies, which results in everyone kicking the shit out of each other with giant candy canes in the name of friendship. The end. Uh, This episode was suggested by Steve Supersonic Jeffrey, dedicated listener of the show. Thank you very much for this, uh, Steve. Not the Community episode I would have suggested, but fine. I guess we'll do it for you. Oh, yeah. We're building a resentment towards our audience. <laughs> can you tell? <laughs> no, we love you. Love you. This, I think, in a lot of ways, to get ahead of things, is one of the more Christmassy Christmas episodes we mm-hmm. have. One of the more holiday, holiday episodes. Oh, it's episodes. about Christmas. It's about, well, it's about all sorts of different religious denominations in the mm. holiday time, which I really like. And when I say Christmas, I mean the holiday season. The secular Happy Christmas. Happy Mary. Well, non-denominal, non-denominational mm. Mr. Winter is the perfect example. <laughs> Merry, happy. <laughs> I love the little detail when he comes into the cafeteria. And I don't think we ever see her again. But there's the woman who's like the um, the interpreter for like the deaf interpreter or whatever mm. you call it. And she comes in. She's she, merry and happy. I imagine the same thing. She's just like does the exact same like hand movement, the exact same sign for merry and happy, which I, I really enjoy for some reason, that little detail. Uh, yeah, this is a cool episode. I mean, I love community. I've 
said this a million times. Um, but like little details like having um, Anthony Michael Hall, who is Rusty Griswold um, from the... Uh, what do you call it? From the Vacation... National Lampoon. Um, Christmas Vacation. I don't watch so many those You've movies. never seen those movies. Them. Well, I mean, it's important when you think about. Uh, is it important? <clears throat> okay, who is the who is the lead actor in those in those films? Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase, correct. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so who's in Community? And then the guy who plays Rusty uh, is the main bully. Yeah. In this episode, right. I don't know. I'm sure if I was a fan of those movies, I would have. Be like, cool. A famous Christmas movie that then has a... Okay, anyway. It stresses me out. I have anxiety. Those movies are so stressful to well, watch. Well, he's also the guy that plays the brain in The Breakfast Club. So, I don't know if that helps you at all. What? Yeah, that's the bully guy. Whoa! <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know. That's him? Yes, it is. I know. It, it, until you see it, until someone tells you you can't see it, but as soon as you do, you go, oh, my God, it is. Buddy, my brain <laughs> my brain can't take it. Well, this is the brain, not your brain. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, yeah, I think it's really cool. I also think the bully has a bit of, he has a bit of a point. Mike has a bit of a point that Arbid was being a bit of a douche when he you took all the stickers. You can't take all the cookies. That's absurd. Yeah, no, he totally has a point. He's great in that episode too. I really like his He's performance. The yeah. bit where he staples the, uh, <laughs> the thing to the his head. The paper thing to his head. I mean, I was threatened. I was like, shit, are you serious? Have you ever done that? No, God, no. <laughs> Have you? No, but I'd be interested to try to see just how truly it hurts. Next Christmas, I'll buy you a stapler. Next and a Christmas, of- I bought you a stapler. <laughs> the uh, very next day, you stapled your face. You like that? Beautiful. Thank you. The... Yeah, it is cool, interesting to find out. Well, A, Shirley, this is a nice Shirley-centric episode, which there aren't a whole mm. lot of, but to focus on Shirley. Not enough. You know, trying to share the true meaning of Christmas to the entire study group. I love when she goes full gospel as Annie walks into the room. Yeah. <laughs> it's real <laughs> subtle Lord, there, Shirley. The Lord, the Lord, the <laughs> And then she hides the fucking menorah in the tree. A Hanukkah holder, I believe she calls oh, that's it. Right. <laughs> But then the bit where she's like, can you finish the nativity scene to Annie? And she pla- she's always like, we know you are one of us. Yes. And then places her, places the baby in the, the tree. tree. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that you just misgendered Jesus. That was great. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I don't think he'd be offended by that. I don't think. I mean, he he's wouldn't because he doesn't so exist. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Um, but the, uh, just finding out the study group, are just like everyone is of a different religious mm-hmm. affiliation is quite cute as well. I love the like sigh of disgust for agnostics. Boo. Boo. Throw them <laughs> and I'll bring my winning, winning smile. smile. Boo. <laughs> I do love Very that. Good. I love, uh, I think, uh, Pierce calls, um, agnostics the lazy man's atheist. <laughs> Which is so true. <laughs> it is Commit true. Commit to something. Exactly. Yeah. Have faith in something. Faith that God is not real. That's God, right. come on. I used to be agnostic and I was so like, I can commit. That was the transitional phase. Yeah, totally. It was just until I realized. I came from like hardcore belief. I couldn't dead. go straight into atheism. Oh, yeah. That's too much. I was being, I was being like, what's the word? Sort of shepherded in, shepherded into <laughs> Christianity for a long time. I was this close. Mm, he's nearly, the fisher of men. Nearly mm. was baptized for a second time, and then I for shift- a second time. Well, I got baptized when I was a baby. I've never been baptized because my parents always said we want you to make that decision oh, as adults. That's cool. <laughs> I'm sure them. they regret that now. <laughs> <laughs> Should have got it while she was young. That's it's all right. our fault. That's right. But also something that's very Christmassy is like guilt, family guilt, right? Mm. The feeling that you have to be. With your family and they're going to make you feel guilty if you don't want to be there. There's so much of that Mm -hmm. in this episode. I love that feeling. 
But then ultimately they have to come together as a family and that moment when Shelley's like, kick his ass, yes. Jeffrey. Like, Fuck you. <laughs> in terms of that great fight at the end. Oh, I love that fight. It's so great. But I also forgot how soon Jeff comes to the stage of I love friendship. Well, because I forgot like that he's like, oh, yeah, no, they like they become like a really cool, close unit pretty early on in the, in the series. Um, the next episode, spoilers for one episode later, um, starts with them coming back from Christmas break. Because mm. uh, I've watched that episode recently for some reason, actually. It's the Jack Black episode, which is really, there's a lot of good episodes in Community. And he comes oh in. Oh, my God, he was in that. Yeah. He's really funny in that episode. He's very, love, very. Look, I know a lot of people have a problem with him. I love Jack Black. No, I like School Jack Black. of Rock is Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's why I refuse to see the stage show because I'm like, what's the point? There's no Jack Black. Steph is a massive fan of that movie and she wants to see that desperately. I'm like, it's not Jack Black. You yeah, know that, that's right? going to, I feel like that's going to hurt. We'll see. Yeah. We'll just go watch the movie afterwards. We'll watch that that's nasty true. tape yeah. out of our mouth. Out of our mouth. Um, but yeah, that episode starts them coming back from summer break and there's this like, as if they're going to like reboot things and sort mm. of say like, oh no, Jeff can't, has to be. So he comes <laughs> in like, just so you know, I'm still the cool guy. You know, I'm not interested in like being friends with you guys. And he takes off his glasses, like, come here, everybody. Yeah. And oh, it's that's like, right. I remember that. The show yeah. unabashedly goes, we can't just keep him being the cool guy. Like, he it's will boring. All- yeah, and they even go to the point, that episode, it's a great episode where they're like, make Jeff super laid back. I'm not going to be involved mm. until he's dragged back into it. It's like, <laughs> you've got to solve our problems. It's a, the show's meta can get, meta context or meta sort of layer can get a little bit in the way sometimes for some mm-hmm. people, but it's fun to comment on. This stuff too. I really yeah. like what it's doing. That's an episode later though. Not important right now. Um, but I like the bracelet. The bracelet is simple storytelling where he goes to put his fists up and yeah. then sees the bracelet and decides what would baby man. Jesus do? Yeah. I don't know. Cry and shit himself. Probably. Probably. Yeah. That's, that's all it really can do. Uh, is there anything else about this episode specifically? I just think it was hilarious when they're like teaching Jeff to fight. Oh, I mean, I, th- I think that's one of the things I really enjoyed is just watching like the baby versions of characters that like you grow to love. Because yeah. I was not a huge fan of season one. Sure. Like it got there eventually, but fuck, did I hate Jeff for a long time. Sure. Like, long time in that season. So yeah, it's like nice to see like the beginnings because I rarely go back to watch like season one of Community. I, season one, I, I personally think season one is very good. Like mm. season two is I think ridiculous. I just have like bad memories of like those first like three or four episodes where I just wasn't connecting with it. And it like, cause yeah. I tried to watch it a couple of times until I eventually got past those episodes mm-hmm. and understood what it was. Mm-hmm. I think a little better. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a perfect example of like a show that's figuring out what it is along the mm, way. Yeah. Maybe thinks it's one thing is trying for that. Then starts to realize something's going to be better. Like there early on, there's a lot of talk about, um, uh, Troy and Annie. Right, mm. Annie's interested in Troy, but Troy's not interested in her, and you think that's going to be a long-term thing. And then they go, well, that's not working. Let's move on to Troy and Arbed are amazing together. Yeah. We need to make this a thing, and it becomes... Best friends. Yeah. yeah. And it just it finds its feet, and especially because they have that like mm. mid-season break. By the time it gets back from that, it's yeah. doing some great and stuff. And I just love a show that is able to like move. Mm-hmm. Like the people behind it allow it to kind of transform naturally. Yeah. Which is really it evolves. Nice. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, how would you rate this episode out of five stars, Damascus? Five stars? I think I'd give it like, it's pretty good, like a 3.5. Like I like had some pretty good giggles in it. I'm going to give it a four. Good on you. I really liked it. I, but I will probably, there's probably a community like 
little buffer I'm going to give everything that's a community. Yeah, just a little enough. bit extra than other yeah, people. A little I boost. Love mm-hmm. it so much. How would you rate this as a holiday episode out of five snickerdoodles? I would give it four snickerdoodles. It's pretty Christmassy. I'm going to give it 4.5. I think it's a good example of a Christmas episode. Like, mm-hmm. set it at Christmas, but have it be about Christmas too. Mm. And there is, like, the other one we want to talk about is one of the most Christmassy Christmas episodes of oh, the television show ever. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Mm. It's it's coming. So, the composer for uh, Community, we talked about this last week, we actually, because he's going to be composing The Mandalorian, the new Star Wars TV show that's coming up, is Ludwig Granson. Ludwig, I think we determined last week. Yeah, it is. And do you know what other show he composed for? Oh, what, bro? That would be Happy Endings, Damask. Oh, what a natural conversation we're having. <laughs> Ending Season 3, Episode 7, No Ho Ho. Jane is the reincarnation of Christ, but she hates sharing her birthday. The gang try to make her feel better by starting a war against Christmas. The holiday is too strong and they have no choice but to bow to its will. Brad can't help but pop and lock with Santa. Alex is groping every present that comes her way. And Max's noggin is full of egg. Jane meets her kind though, but realises she doesn't want to be a weird psycho. The end. So this episode was suggested by uh, Damask Larry. Sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know. She sounds sexy. Weird name. Who Great personality. Name like I'm sure. Uh, it's me. <laughs> I have. First of all, I was going to say I have not watched a whole lot of happy endings, so there's a I lot. I feel bad for you. I don't know context-wise about this episode. <laughs> uh, I don't know any of the characters' names. Uh, I know I can describe them by how they look. More than cool. anything. It's very vain of you, but sure. That's all I've got. I don't know what else mm. to go what with What about here. their personalities, Brod? Eh, yeah, I could try. Um, but I will say, it is a very funny episode. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. It was very good. Can I just say, this is a ruse for me. It is my way to get everyone that listens to this podcast to watch fucking Happy Endings. It's such a good show. Where can people watch it, Dana? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> if you're in Australia, you're first. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's not anywhere. It's not anywhere. Because it's a hidden gem. Thank God you and have it, those DVDs, Damascus. Exactly, exactly, Brod. Um, and an international DVD player. Thank goodness, because you can't buy the DVDs in Australia either. Um, but, you know, you've you got to work for it. But it's worth it. And it's one of those shows where, like we were talking about Community, where it it's an evolution, mm-hmm. where it starts off one, one way and then it evolves into something very different. And this is towards... Um, the latest stages of its run. and uh, How many seasons did it get? I think just three. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's very good. It's very, very good. It's one of my favourite shows of all time. Yeah, this is your... If if Community wasn't popular, I would be championing that. I mean, Community wasn't that popular. <laughs> and I will champion it for the people who haven't seen it. This is your one. This is your yeah, baby absolutely. to champion. absolutely. Like, I was devastated when I heard it was cancelled. Um, so, just clear something up for me. Uh, I don't... Uh, uh, Alicia, Alicia Cuthbert? Eliza, what's her name? The actress? Alicia. Alicia Cuthbert. Alicia Cuthbert. Um, and Jane? Uh, yep. Are they sisters? They're sisters. Oh. So it's Alex and Jane are sisters. Right. Yep. So why did she not know at the start that she had a fake ID? It was a bit weird, that bit. I couldn't track that. So, because we see, because Alex is younger. Uh-huh. So then you would assume she was too young to remember. Oh, yeah. right. But then also like when Jane is retelling her story in her Madonna accent. Yes. Um. She's like, I want to wait till how this ends. And Penny was like, you were there. That was the bit I was trying to figure yeah. out. Yeah. But the thing is, like, Alex is a moron. Okay. She is incredibly dumb and vapid. She didn't start that way. She got that way, I think, as Alicia Cuthbert is just fucking hilarious. Fucking hilarious. She is like. Who knew? 
I didn't know because like it starts and the characters of Dave, which is the guy with the goatee, yeah. and Alex. Um, it starts off. This isn't a spoiler. It's literally the first few it's seconds. Literally the opening. It's the opening. It's, it's like the they're they're about to get married and she leaves him at the altar. Yeah, and they are kind of like the straight men of the group. Mm-hmm. That couple, they become the biggest idiots in the fucking universe yeah. and it's it's perfect for the group um i the bits with her with her like weird like unwrapping gifts fetish is really really funny she is a great comedic actress i had She's no so idea good. and i also just love them commenting on that because you know in sitcoms people always have like weird stuff that sure doesn't really make sense and jane's just like your weird gift fetish that doesn't make any sense <laughs> which is perfect that's why i love this show it's so silly this show silly. is nothing but silliness and i it it makes me feel real happy. I just like the making this story about Christmas babies because yeah. while I'm... We all know someone who's like, maybe not an exact Christmas baby, but born around the time. So I'm not a Christmas baby, but my mum is. Mm. So I have lived with a Christmas baby is my entire life. Christmas baby? She's a 25th <gasps> December Christmas baby. Whoa. So all this stuff about like the rules, about like what you can and can't do with presents and yeah. stuff like that is 100% true. Mm-hmm. She, apart from a few exceptions where she has said, like, I really want this big thing. You're, mm-hmm. You have permission to have a joint present. We are not allowed to do that. We separate the day in half, basically. So... It's Christmas through lunch. And I then had no lunch, idea your mum was a Christmas baby. Yeah, once lunch is over, mm. usually we have a nap. And then dinner <laughs> is always mum's birthday. So the Christmas oh, stuff goes nice. away. Although, to be fair, it's dinner is usually leftovers from lunch. But <laughs> then the cake comes out and then we do birthday presents mm. and stuff like that, right? Oh, that's nice. So there's always every... And this actually happened yesterday. I was back in Aubrey, sort of north of where we live here. And hanging out with some family, and one family member was like, "Oh my god, I forgot to get you a birthday present or a birthday oh. card." So a situation, it was yeah. just like, "Ah, oh, she's being nice about, it, but you know, she's like, no, fuck you, not good enough." Mm, I'll remember that year. next year, Larry. And we've never, Larry. we've never done the thing where we've had her birthday on a different date. But we've certainly discussed the idea mm-hmm. of like moving her birthday to have like a half birthday or something like that. Yeah, so do go a bit of Alice in Wonderland on it. It would fucking suck. That's an unbirthday, isn't it? Yeah. So she's had to deal with that her entire life. Poor thing. Ugh. And I felt for Jane. I had no idea you I had undis- a personal connection to this story. I thought it was a great story because I know that pretty well through mum. Mm, yeah. One thing, like, that's amazing. I had no idea you had that kind of yeah. connection. But one thing that I love about this TV show is the things, like I said, it, one, it's very silly, but also that it really plays with and has fun with stereotypes and tropes, particularly when it comes to, like, gender and sexuality. So from watching this episode, many people who may not have seen Happy Endings, you may not know that Max, the gross guy who loves eggnog, Mm -hmm. is a homosexual. I I did know that because I've watched enough episodes. Because you watched it before, yeah. But I, I just love that they kind of, like, play with that stuff. Brad, who is, like, this very successful black man, Mm -hmm. is very camp. Very, Mm. very camp. And they actually have these beautiful male friendships that are quite close to homosexuality, but not. They just love each other and they love having fun, getting dressed up. Even Dave's thing. Is it Dave? Yeah, Dave. Uh, Thing. Sorry, really don't know the characters at all. All good. Thing with Penny where he's like, I am the gift whisperer, Mm -hmm. whatever. You know, the idea of being a good gift giver is not necessarily a, you know. A masculine thing. Masculine thing. thing. I mean, there there is like a through line of Dave just being the worst, like a kind of... um, 
he like praises guys like John Mayer and he just like always brings out his guitar and stuff and thinks of himself. He looks like that kind of guy. And he like refers to himself as like 116th Navajo. Uh, um, like he's that guy, which uh, is hilarious because everyone fucking hates Dave because sure. he's the worst. But yeah, like there, there's no like real like tough alpha male except for the gay dude who's like disgusting and eats pizza that he sleeps with. Right. Um, and like while it doesn't get ever get too serious, it had a good like, you know, some sentimental ideas in there. The idea that Penny loves the... Gigantic mm. candle because of that's a symbol of their relationship. Big ass candle. Great. Yeah. Big ass candle. Mm. Um, the moment where Jane goes to the bar and finds all the other Christmas babies, it's kind of cute. Yeah. And then even just the Your idea home. of mm-hmm. like trying to keep Christmas out of that day. The idea that Christmas seeps in is so true. <laughs> yeah. Like that's true of yeah. mum's birthday as well. It's like you cannot completely avoid yeah, no. Christmas on that and day. And I, I love the lies of, no, it's the guy from Jurassic Park and their candy <laughs> Canosauruses. <laughs> and then it's the theme from Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic, Park, Park Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Newman Nick. gets killed real bad. <laughs> uh, anything else particular? I think this is your baby, this one. If someone's going to have another note, it's going to be you. I just, I really want to tell people to find it and watch it. However you can. However you can. Whatever wink, means wink. necessary. This show really is a Netflix. hidden gem it is so wonderfully written. It's so full of fun, silliness, but real love. And I just I just want everyone to watch it. It just feels unfortunate. It feels like that show that could have caught fire. Just it, what, it, It's this close to being getting to I mean, like community. Yeah. Like, it's the classic case of it being slightly maybe a little too weird and also being fucked around with scheduling. It's did, one of those things. Are those actors doing a lot? These days are the people... Penny Hearts. Yeah. Okay, K- Casey Wilson is actually... She acts in a bunch of stuff but also i have listened to her podcast that talks about real housewives since mm-hmm. its inception um i fucking love it she's hilarious um i know that brad damon waynes jr was in new girl yep. he was actually in the like the original pilot for that That's and right. then went to happy endings and then went back when happy endings was cancelled um Alicia Cuthbert, she had a she was in a show where she played like a lesbian. I think that was cancelled as well, but she's doing bits here and there. Okay. Um, I'm not sure about the others. Mm. Yeah. The the thing that I just remembered as well as someone who's a massive community fan, the showrunners on Happy Endings mm. are responsible for the notorious gas leak year they of are. community. Well, no, Thanks, not, guys. they weren't the showrunners. They were the like executive producers. Oh right. Yeah. Oh, whatever happened. So let's not besmirch the showrunner's name. Sorry. Whatever, whoever was involved yeah. from Happy Endings Community did not They go didn't well. fucking ask for it, though. Let's, let's say that. Though. No, true. They were brought on board true. to... An impossible task. Yeah, put out a fire. <laughs> they did not start. <laughs> Good point. Mm. Uh, how would you rate this episode out of five stars? Five stars, it's hard because like, I know how good Happy Endings is. And this isn't the greatest of their episodes by far. Sure. Um, but I still really enjoy it and I love the characters. So I'm probably going to give it a four. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 3.5. I feel like we did a little bit of a flippy flop on the community and the happy mm. ending. You know, you can Just really feel the, love. the yeah. love the love we have. There's a little little buffer there, a mm-hmm. little bump there from each of us. Uh, how about as a holiday episode, out of five cartons of eggnog, how would you it's rate this? It's very Christmassy. Very Christmassy. Yeah. What part of it is not about Christmas? Well, the fact that they're trying to make it not about Christmas. I think is kind of... But it's of about the power of Christmas. About the power of Christmas. And in every scene, they're tr- literally trying to fight Christmas. About how Christmas <laughs> is a 
a herpes virus that will mm-hmm. seep its way into everything. Which For it is. For that reason, and I don't mean this is a criticism, mm-hmm. I'm giving it two out of five cans of eggnog <gasps> because it's deliberately about how Christmas is like a negative force. I think it's like, but it is about the infectious spirit of Christmas. True. Absolutely. True. But we also like see the kind Zombie. of weird, sick joy we all get out of it. Little things like eggnog. You know, hanging out with like stupid novelty Santas, which I have my little guy over there just sitting on my sure, desk. Sure, I thought you my meant li- the, the pop and lock and Santa for a second. You've got <laughs> oh, it. If I fucking had it. Oh my God. All right, present ideas for me. <laughs> Get me that Santa because I'll fucking love I, it. You guys say, I don't think it was popular mm. enough to ever exist, that pop and lock and Santa. God damn it. Um, so I'm going to give it four eggnogs. Fair enough. Uh, hey, you know, according to IMDb, mm-hmm. Megan Mullally was uh, once in Happy Endings. She plays Penny Hearts' mum. Oh, there you, go. there you go. Do you know what other show she's in that she's great? Will and Grace. Parks and Rec. Oh, that too. Parks and Rec, Season 5, Episode 9, Ron and Diane. The Parks and Rec crew have saved a bunch of money by laughing at Jerry. To curb their guilt, they go to his house and discover his perfect life and want in. Meanwhile, Leslie, Ron and Diane go to some sort of woodworking award only to be greeted by Hellbeast Tammy, who wants to rub her fallopian tubes all over Ron's face. Leslie distracts her so Ron can escape. Then Ron and Diane discuss his friendship with the greatest BFF ever, Leslie Nope. It's all very cute and lovely. The end. Uh, this uh, episode was suggested by Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws. Did you almost get his name wrong? I nearly did. Shawn. Classic Shawn. <laughs> uh, thanks, Shawnee. Uh, so within about the first 30 seconds, the, the thought that entered my head was, fuck, I miss this show. Yeah, me too. And then 10 minutes later, that turned into, fuck, I miss this show. <laughs> God, I miss great. Leslie Nope so much. I miss Leslie Nope. I miss Ron Swanson. I miss <gasps> Tammy two i miss <laughs> all of them uh ben i miss yeah everyone so great mm, just so the beautiful be- but that being said the show mm. ended at the right time it was time to go maybe too late maybe they too shouldn't late. have done that future season don't even talk to me about it all right i agree it was a little bit too long but mm. oh man when this show was good it was good so good and there's a lot to like about this episode the, just any time you see a giddy Ron, when he sees that, <laughs> like, whoever that guy is, that's like a huge hero to him. And you don't know his name? No, mm. off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah and then just the, the the wide shot they have of him just skipping his way across the <laughs> yeah. hall is so, is so <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I'd forgotten Chris Pratt used to be fat. I didn't. Like, I've seen him in, Gar- like, a Gar- I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. And I- that's been my Chris Pratt for a while now. Yeah. To go back to that old Chris Pratt. It's just like, oh, my God, oh, yeah. I remember the Chris Pratt. Because I've got this weird thing. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's correct. But seeing new Chris Pratt. New and the- Chris Pratt. And the fact Chris that he Pratt got, Chipotle. like, super buff and real famous. And then his marriage fell apart. It just sits with me weirdly. You that you have a theory that things went wrong, right? I have a theory, Yeah. And so it makes me sad. And so I like going back to old Chris Pat that I thought was like this beautiful family fat end. Sure. You know? And like I, I prefer that. That's my Chris Pratt. And it makes me sad. Before watching. he was not, can be confirmed anyway, but maybe totally was. Totally ripped in- and like making out with Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Making out with Jennifer Lawrence. I don't know. It's just a theory. <laughs> I was like, is that, did that happen? No, it, it didn't happen. But, you know, it's a theory. Like just, you know. Things are happening for him. These are not allegations. These are theorizing. And also, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. It's just like, I, f- I feel weird about it. Yeah. So, that's... Yeah. That's fair enough. It's tainted my view of him, sadly. 
So we got three storylines episode. There's the mm. Leslie and Ron and You just Diane. showed me four fingers, but yeah. <laughs> that's a thumb, that's not a finger. <laughs> the three uh, storylines this episode. Leslie and Ron and Diane and Tammy mm-hmm. is the first one. Which Amazing. Is sort of a story. My favourite, yeah. Which is, what, how do you mean? Just the favourite storyline. Yeah, it's my favourite storyline. Oh, because you've got... All my faves, yeah. Basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, a classic Le- Leslie and Ron episode. And they mm. have some great stuff, those two, along the way. Their They're friendship. They're best friends and I fucking love it. I love their friendship so much. And I love... Diane is right to be like... Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it is a it little is weird. Because, like, Leslie... Because she doesn't know who Leslie is and she doesn't understand that Leslie is invested in everything mm-hmm. that has ever existed. Mm-hmm. And so she meets this strange woman who is asking her a bunch of questions, knows everything, absolutely everything about her husband yeah. and has weirdly come along to what is really their date. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it totally makes sense. But she just got to know her. That's all. The uh, the when, the end bit where Ron takes Diane to the club and then yeah. reveals that he's Duke Silver. Duke Silver. Is My a, duchess. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're so lucky. Mm. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and I also bit. think like it's such a good moment because like at that point in the show, you've kind of forgotten about the Duke Silver of it all, really. Well, it comes back every now and again, obviously. Every now and again, but like it's not really like... Whereas early on, it was kind of like this running joke of like Ron being Duke Silver because <laughs> like Tom knows about it. Tom knows about it. I can't remember. By the end of it, everybody knows about it, I think, don't they? Maybe there's a few people who aren't. I can't remember. remember. Um, I don't actually, I don't think that's true. Maybe not. Anyway. Um, so, you're like, I'd forgotten about it and then like this episode and then he gets up and is like... He's gonna tell her his Duke Silver yeah. secret, the which is perfect. Symbol of that, yeah. symbolism of that. When you know that's such yeah, a when you're a fan of the show, you understand what that means. Vulnerable place yeah. for him is mm. is a perfect. Little it's anti like everything that he appears to stand for, yeah. and but he loves it, and he's gonna share it with Diane, which is perfect. Just the woodworking jokes that are going on at that uh, <laughs> award ceremony as well. Would, Would I? I? <laughs> yeah, when I saw, it, I was like, "Fuck, I love this show." Just like it just tickles me pink. Mega Malali is so amazing when she's just that allowed was to run. Most wild. of my notes was like every time she does a guest appearance as Tammy, yeah. it is a fantastic episode. Always. Like when she's like, you know, she's a classic book jockey, which Leslie hates. I love that antagonism. She randomly hates libraries and librarians, which is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And just how often she flashes her vagina. It's <laughs> the, hilarious. The, having to use that blur filter so often. <laughs> it's very funny. It is very funny. Um, and, you know, and her and Leslie play off each other so well. And her and Ron. I know those two are married in real life and you Ugh. they just get to have so much fun. You, I believe... Oh, man. I follow, like, like Megan Mullally on Instagram and so I see a lot of stuff of, like, the two of them that they post together. It is, like... Peak relationship. Oh, it it's is all you've ever wanted. Because when my I, you know, love was dead when Chris Pratt and Anna Faris mm. broke up. We still have. I st- obviously still haven't recovered from it. Sure, I but- still feel weirdly like I was the child lost in the divorce. Anyway, <laughs> but we've still got Megan Mullally, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll be together forever. I- they will be. They will be. Because if they're not, I'll kill myself. No, I won't. That's a terrible thing to say. The but love, love is dead. Love is point. dead. We might as well be dead, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to lie in my bed for approximately a month. Two more storylines. We have Chris and Ben at the uh, Jerry party, yeah. um, which is just a cute little... Friendship. Friendship, mm-hmm. seeing Chris. 
It's they're very in context that episode. Yeah. He's Mr. Chipper has been having a hard time. He's struggling, He's struggling yeah. and seeing him sort of, you know, get through that patch and just Ben be a supportive friend and yeah. just react to everything is fun. Yeah, He's, that's cute. Adam Scott's great, mm-hmm. as always, as Ben. I, I you know, there's literally no Ben and Leslie this entire episode, which is a little disappointing. I'm going to dock a point for that because I love those two together. <laughs> yeah, they're gorgeous. Um, and then the other episode is sort of the everybody else and the Jerry party. Mm. And uh, there are some great Jerry moments in this episode. I love this episode because of what we get to experience of Jerry's life. Oh, I really appreciate that. Meeting it's- his wife. And like Christy everyone's, Brinkley? Yeah, yes. everyone's reaction to that. <laughs> but then like if you, I think it's in a past episode, I can't remember, I might be getting my timelines confused, when um they're doing like physicals or whatever on all employees of like the council or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Jerry leaves the doctor's office and the doctor just comes out and he's like, that man has the biggest penis of it. <laughs> so I love that like, well, everyone in universe shits all over Jerry. Yeah. That one, he's got the biggest cock in the world. <laughs> and two, he's married to Christy Brinkley. And three, has apparently I think four daughters who, gorgeous daughters who adore him and think he's the best thing in the world. Which I, I think that's a great way to balance it. I God, he gets shit on a lot. That, that character is, you know, just the butt of the jokes. But they make him... You have to love Jerry. Mm-hmm. Just you have to. Because he is such an upbeat guy. And the fact that they, they all didn't know about the party just because they put the Jerry filter on their yeah. emails and missed... Ah, oh, that's all so hilarious. Mm. I think, like, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's hard for me because I do, like... I like the making fun of Jerry when he's just kind of, like, a nuisance and, like... Because, like, I remember that episode when he falls in the little river the little creek yeah, because yeah. he's trying to get his burrito <laughs> and so he tells this story about being mugged because he's embarrassed because everyone makes fun of him mm. i kind of like that story i find it hard when they're all sitting in the car and talking and laughing at him in a really mean-spirited way but then it gets called out like when yeah absolutely donna turns around like no this is mean this yeah. is this is yeah. actually wrong but it's yeah i was just like i don't like seeing those characters in that light sure like yeah, yeah, yeah. the fact that Fuck, I've got an April is um being so so mean yeah. to him. It was like, oh, it doesn't sit right with me. Because what's the bit? I think she calls out something. Oh, you changed his soup for glue. Yeah, no, yeah it's like when he ate glue instead of soup, yeah. and then uh, yeah, the reveal that she she yeah. was the one that switched it. Yeah, that's very mean. Uh, anything else about this episode? Megan Mullally's hilarious. Just I miss it a lot, and Megan Mullally is the champion. How would you rate this episode out of five stars? It's pretty fucking good. It's pretty fucking um, good. I guess like a uh, in the context of TV, like a four. I'm gonna give it a four point five. Like on, it's yeah. it's great. It's really good. It's a fan- it's but then like I think of like all the Parks and Rec episodes, and there's like so many that are- it's a typical Parks and Rec episode, but it's. Parks and Rec was that good at that yeah, time. Yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> that's very true. It was every episode was a winner for a while there. I feel bad for people that have never watched Parks and Rec. Me too. And every person that I've ever been in a relationship with hasn't. I teach them. You I show them, them the way. A good friend I re- of ours. I recruit people into the Parks and Rec religion. A mm. good friend of ours uh, has from Bendigo. We'd been telling her for years to watch because we knew she'd love it. See, and um, oh. she hadn't been. She'd been mm. avoiding it. And Why? well, she tried to watch it a bunch of times, but couldn't get through season one. So uh, I, I was like, "You got to do it." And she's mm-hmm. a recent mum. She's you know been at home a little bit more, looking after the their new baby. Yeah. And so she finally got around to watching it. And there was just a Snapchat one day, just saying, 
okay, you were right. Like, yes, we were right. We, we knew. are right. We knew. How would you rate this as a holiday episode out of five finely crafted chairs? <laughs> I mean, much of the episode isn't very Christmassy. Well, I mean, the Christmas party is Christmassy. The idea of like holiday spirit is there if you take into account the Jerry party stuff, I think. But yeah. there is a whole section that has nothing, nothing to, do to do with, with Christmas. Christmas. In fact, the A plot has nothing to do with Christmas. Yeah. So I think I'm going to have to give it, what was it, Finely Crafted Chairs? Is that, finely Crafted Chairs. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to give it a two, Finely Crafted Chairs, because there's not a lot of Christmas stuff in there for me. Yeah. I like think, it could, literally could be any party. It just happens to be at Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll give it a two mm-hmm. out of five Finely Crafted Chairs as well. Definitely. Uh, so, Parks and Rec mm. uh, was, of course, show run and written by Mike Scher, mm-hmm. who was also and a writer. Greg Daniels as well. Sure. Who was also <laughs> a writer on The Office, the US Office. That's true. Which he was a showrunner for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, is executive produced by Ricky Gervais, mm. who is the star of the UK Office. Oh, wait a second. Our next episode is the UK Office Christmas special. That's my favorite so far. That You killed it <laughs> with that one. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Office Christmas Special Part 2. Dawn is back for a quick visit. It's awkward because everyone is British. David Brent goes on a bunch of dates where he is the worst until he finds a woman that can tolerate him for an hour. And then Dawn realises that she loves Tim. And the world rejoices! The end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Mm. Uh, so, this is a classic. I mean, classic <laughs> among classic holiday episodes. It also happens to be 
the series finale of The Office. So incredible. Incredible. Massive spoilers. This mm-hmm. is literally the end of that show. Uh, not including the Ricky Gervais movie, which I have not... Uh, not uh, David Brent I'm movie. I'm not watching that. Which I have not, not seen. Not interested. Not interested either. Can I just say, when I was watching it, because, you know, we're trying to get through these in, what, like four days or something? Yeah, it was yeah. a pretty quick turnaround. And I was watching it and I was like... And I'd watched all of the American Office Christmas specials the week prior just because I fucking love them. Uh, potential preparation that we n- then potential, didn't Potential, but I was just like, I love you. Um, <laughs> do you know there's something, just quick side mm. note, Stan is a streaming service in Australia, mm-hmm. has specific oh, Christmas playlists It's for so shows. good. So we'll have like, the show you love and then next to it, if it has Christmas specials, we'll have a playlist just of their it's Christmas very specials. very cool. Such a good idea. Yeah. Fuck, they are, no one Stan like won that kind of streaming war when they, a whole bunch of them came out because it's so good. So good. Mm. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I started watching the Christmas special and I was like, oh, it's a bit slow, isn't it? Not a lot going on. I was like, mm-hmm. maybe, oh, maybe I've just moved past this. Sure. And I was look, was I spending a lot of time on my phone? Yeah, I was. Oh. I was. I was just like a bit bored, to be okay. honest with you. Um, and then dawn arrives, like really arrives, and yeah. the Christmas party starts. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm in. All right, I'm in. You pique my interest. It grows and it grows. And I was like remembering things. Because it's been fucking years since I watched the mm-hmm. series. Um, and I'm remembering everything. And then that ending happens. Oh. And I am crying like a baby. It's an all-timer. I lose it. Because I just, it's so fucking beautiful. It's the best. I'm tearing up just thinking about it right now. This is the best Christmas special <laughs> by fucking far. It's, it's funny. It rips your heart out from tragedy and then it puts it back in and goes, no, bitch, it's about joy. <laughs> and it's amazing. It, um... Yeah, it is. It is an all timer because I mean it is functioning in two different ways. It's a Christmas special, but most importantly, it's a ending to that series because where the series ends after the end of season two, there are only two seasons. Then the Christmas special is with um, spoilers again for the office. We're at the talking about the ending of the show. Jesus, guys. Um, <laughs> Tim off. He takes his microphone off, storms in, and sort of tells Dawn before yeah. she's going to leave for America that uh, you know he wants to be with her and ask her, and she says no. And then he comes back in and you think he's going to say, she said yes. And she says, she says no. And like, that's it's so awful. a heartbreaking, but incredible moment of television. It's so good though. So it, the English so office is so realistic and awful and beautiful and funny. Yeah. It's, it's something really special. There are the, the US office I've not seen a lot of either, but the bits I've seen is very funny. It, it's it my hit, favorite show. Right. And it definitely <laughs> reaches those emotional moments for sure. But what mm-hmm. this... The original office was doing was very special at the time. I remember uh, when this came out, we were in high school still, and our philosophy teacher, or my philosophy teacher, you didn't do philosophy, my philosophy teacher thought I'd be interested to let me the DVDs. So mm. my brother and I watched it, and I remember watching the first couple of episodes and like, this is torture. <laughs> I cannot watch this. It's so awkward. Mm. And then you start to sort of get into the rhythm of its humor and what it's doing. It's like peeking through your fingers. I can't stop watching now. Yeah. And so to get to those, to be so realistic, the awkwardness, like in this episode's a great example of David Brent on those awful dates and just 
the horrible things he says. Even when he's not on the dates, when that woman rocks up to the office. Yes. Babe, and he's like, oh. oh, I was so worried you were my blind oh. date. It's just like, fuck, mate. He's such a fucking But also, head. like, hilarious writing because that's incredible. Oh, yeah, it's- but it, it's hard to, like, and I understand, like, why American audiences just may not be able to watch it because mm-hmm. it's it's too hard. It's too fucking real. They'd be like, oh, no. It is. It's, it's hard to watch and that's yeah, what it makes is. it funny. Yeah. And the... That's interesting because we'll come back to Tim and Dawn because obviously we want to finish there. The David Brent stuff's interesting too because he has been this awful person the whole entire way through the show. He's been the butt of the jokes because you have to cringe and laugh at this person and everybody in the office mm. cringes and laughs at this person. Yeah, you're laughing at a giant ego with nothing to back it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to get to a place to even see a slight bit of hope maybe... A step forward for him. That it moment. It was pretty beautiful to watch that when it first came out. Yeah. And that mm. moment where he says to, I want to say he calls him Finchy or something like that the rest of the time. And then he just says, Chris, fuck off or whatever yeah. it is, is like, is a, mo- is a win. And it's like, it's yeah. A, yeah. It's a moment of maturity that we have not seen yeah. from David Brent at all. And yeah, it's that kind of thing of like, he just tries to make everyone happy, like, or what he thinks will make them happy if yeah. he thinks there's someone whose attention is of value. Mm-hmm. And, th- like, his, like, disgusting misogynist friend is one of those people. And so he's always being placating that guy. I'm like, <laughs> gross jokes. Oh, we're just, we're just lads or whatever. Because yeah. he's always been, like, the guy on the outer. So if he has a chance to be on the inner, he gets very excited by that. And so to see him at that stage... Find a woman that he's been able to spend some time with and mm-hmm. enjoy her company and sh- she's enjoyed his um, and then come back and realise, well, that was special. That was a- that was actually a value. Yeah. And then for him to continue with his lad behaviour and be like, fuck off. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's like a big moment when you've watched the series and you're like, oh, fuck. Like that was an exciting moment to watch. Totally. Yeah. And it's especially because one of the things they're saying – before the big Tim and Dawn beat is like the idea that like the cameras turn off, this show ends, but the story would continue, yeah. right? And so there's a belief that maybe David Brent's got a long way to go. Oh, yeah. But there's that glimmer of hope that maybe there's mm. light for him at the end of yeah. the tunnel. There's somewhere he for him to go into. He finds the right kind of attention. Yeah. And he learns some empathy. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there is hope for this guy. Yeah. And there's that moment at the very end where they're trying to take the photo and he's actually getting... Some laughs. Yeah. And it's like, that's nice. It's like, it's nice to see him actually succeed at that thing he's been trying to do this entire series. Mm. But back to Tim and Dawn for a second. Ooh. Um, There's just so many great moments here. When she first walks into the office and Tim comes over and everybody's saying hello and she obviously is just feeling swamped and wants to get away Mm. and they haven't had a chance to say hello yet and you don't know what's going to happen. And then she just sort of gives him this look of like, save me. And then he knows exactly what she needs Mm -hmm. and pulls her out of that situation and then... The little hello, little yeah. kiss, and then move into. I love, oh. I love the look in that moment, but I also love. Fuck, this show is so good. It's so good at studying like human behavior. Mm. But like when she first arrives, and you, when you're going to a space where there is expectation yes. with someone, and how you were like revert into a child almost, and you're like, you can't even look at them because yeah. you're like. I just like I've thought about this for so long I can't even prepare for it. So like she feel you can see that she feels his presence. Yes. But she's not looking at him at yeah. that stage because she's she can't and she's just kind of like looking around and doing her thing and then finally you can't help but do it without it 
being like awkward because if you don't at this stage, it's fucking weird that you yeah. haven't looked at him. And so she's like, oh, okay, bam, oh my friend, yeah, you are my friend. Please help me. And he responds because he's always there. The I said when we were talking about Sabrina, just think of Adventures of Sabrina. You know, this is my that was my favorite Lucy Davis performance. What she's doing with Hilda, I still kind of agree with that. Mm. But I do. What rewatching? I, I think did, that's nuts. But I, yeah, I did really appreciate what she was doing. I don't know. There's something about sometimes the way she talks. I'm a very fast talker, and sometimes I find her a little bit hard to understand. She almost like pulls her, puts her words together in a mm. way that I think is like I don't know, like part of the character maybe. I think it's yeah, that's totally what it is. But then I'd seen her do the same thing in Shaun of the Dead and in that episode of Black Book she's in. I was like, that's just her. That's just Lucy Davis. Is what it felt like to me for a long time. You reckon? I don't know. That's not the point, though. The point okay. is, she does all those subtle, like, you know, awkwardness. Mm. The the moments where her and Tim are staying together and she, like, there's a bit where they're having a laugh on the couch during the Christmas party. She just, like, gives them this little kick sort of thing. And it's, mm. like, there's there's a there's an energy there and they know they can't do anything about it. But yeah. you just, they are, they're like a positive and a negative, like, charged magnet. They just, they, they are meant to be together. Yeah. They just... They're always constantly getting yeah. closer. But not only like that, they're best friends. They are. They are best friends and they really love and respect each other. And like, yes, like that magnetism is absolutely there because they're fucking best friends yeah. and they like get each other's jokes and are able to talk about whatever the fuck they want to talk about. I, oh, God, it, it hurts my heart. Um. Then they have to leave and they have that mm. awkward goodbye. Oh, and he's just like, are you sure you can't ask him to stay a bit longer? No, no, we've got to catch a flight. Blah, the, blah, blah. the bit that's really awkward mm. is just, or really heartbreaking, is that Tim keeps watching as they're leaving and he's waiting for her to just turn and look at him for a second. Yeah. Just have that little acknowledgement that this is sad. Mm. And she doesn't turn around. And no. it's so, so because at that point, all that language is saying to you is like, that's, ah, Done. Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen sort of thing. And then that final scene where David Brent's telling the joke and there he's, you know, or doing the riddle or whatever yeah. and he's sort of just there. Before and- we get there, though. Sure, please. Can I, can I just say that his Tim's talking heads where he's like, I'm not going to ask her again. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna do it. I'm going to do it. And it's like, I, fuck, that is so, that feeling is so tangible of when, God damn it, you really fucking like someone, yeah. if not love someone. And if you have put your yourself out there, like it's so hard to let it go. Yeah. It's so fucking hard. To feel that connected to somebody mm. and just like, well, yeah, it's very relatable. All of it's that translates so, so relatable. Well. It's just like, it's- It's real. Th- yeah, this show is like seeing your own fucking pain on screen and mm-hmm. that's why sometimes it's so difficult to watch. But God damn it, is it of like such high value and it's so well written and performed. Like this show can't be talked up enough. It's also just hilarious to thinking now, Martin Freeman, what he's doing, like that dorky Tim and then what he's been mm. doing for the last, like like being Bilbo in The Hobbit or now he's in fucking Avengers movies. I watched him in Black Sherlock Panther the other day and he's like, yeah. I'm a CIA agent. I'm like, American come on, Tim. <laughs> I'll see you. i see that terrible fringe. But yes, then the moment and the way there, it's like, it's deliberately set up. So there's that little <sighs> space and then Dawn walks in. She's still out of focus for a long time. If you know it's there, you're watching Oh, it. I was waiting for her. I was like, she's coming. She's fucking coming. And then the, 
camera zooms in, she comes into focus, and then well, oh. And the, yeah. I we just all screamed. We all screamed the first time you watch it. You're like, because <laughs> like the way this show is set up is like, it's not an American show. Yeah. And not only that, it's a particularly like very real, harsh British show. Yes. And so you do not expect a happy ending. You just don't because it's like, well, that's, that's not what they're going for with this show. So when it happened. Mm. It's, it's, in, it's right. Like it's in the, it's, it's that point. If you were looking at the time the code, you'd yeah. be like, oh, there's no time. Yeah. It and couldn't like, happen still. And thinking that you're going to get that fairy tale ending, you'd be like, I'm a fool. Like that's not what I'm watching. Just fucking grow up, Damask. Grow up. So when it happens. And then it happens and you just cry yeah. because it's so beautiful and there's so much love there and it makes so much sense. Yes. And so rarely do we get that in life. And because The Office is so close to life and we get that, fuck, it means so much more. There's one other episode, the other show that does a similar thing where mm-hmm. it happens so late in the game as to be can, impossible. Yeah. And then it happens... And then... Yeah. I remember talking to you about it and being like, I wish this would happen. Yeah. Thinking I was talking completely in fantasy. I was... Like, I built you up. I was the one person who kept saying, oh, you never know. And I was like... I thought Broad, it was there. Come on. It's <laughs> not... Like, because I have lived... Like we spoke about earlier, you know, with Buff, Buffy Femme slash fan videos, I have lived in that world for a very long time where you take, like, things that you want to happen in yep. a show and you, you know project it onto yeah. narratives that just simply don't exist. Like, that's where I am with stories sometimes because usually they're kind of shit. Yeah. Um, except for, like, the amazing shows that we talk about generally. Um, and so, like, that was the mindset I was in. So, when it happened, I was like, fuck yes, my dreams are coming true. Well, it just occurred to me, uh, this is off topic, but the, I had a similar reaction to that vague thing that we'll get to one day mm-hmm. as I had to Tim and Dawn. Like, a Absolutely. similar emotional... Yeah. Like reaction to it. Now you know how gay people feel all the time. <laughs> the no, the Tim and Dawn thing, that kiss is a fucking all timer. It oh, is gosh. it is When he goes in for a, a second time and like grabs her face and I'm like <laughs> And then Yes Just the holding the hands and like she finally sort of recognizes everybody else in the room and then takes him away. They love each other. It's the best it's the best fucking thing. They love it each other. Is it's the so best good. thing. It's like ever. if you want if you're feeling a little down this, you know, holiday season, which a lot of people do, I recommend, if you can, watch part one and part two. You kind of need to have watched the whole series, though. You, right, yeah. you need to, yeah, because she, in part one, they're not even together at all in that episode. If you're in a bad mood or in a bad space, probably don't watch the <laughs> English Office. It's, 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 I mean, it's maybe it's funny. worth it at the end. It's yeah. very funny. I mean, it depends how sardonic you are. If you're pretty sardonic, watch it and then get to the end and like be filled with joy and happiness. Otherwise, just watch The American Office and you'll be happy. How would you rate this episode out of five stars? Five stars. That's five stars. This is it's cl- it's an all timer. Yeah, it Hall is of a Fame, five stars. One of the greats. One of the greatest episodes of television ever. One of the best season finales of a series ever. finales of a show yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. How would you rate this as a holiday episode out of five blind dates? Out of five blind dates, I think I think I'm going to have to give it a four as a realistic version of Christmas. Sure, absolutely. I'm going to give it... I like its version of Christmas. I'm going to give it three out of five. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's more subtext than text. Like, half the episode is just David Brent going on dates. It's got nothing to do with Christmas at all. 
Um, the Christmas party is very true That's, life. Yes. The Secret Santa is very Christmassy. Absolutely. The spirit of Christmas is in there, especially especially towards the end. Mm. But I wouldn't say is necessarily a commentary on the holidays or on Christmas. Um, so I'm gonna give it a three point five. The three three out of five, I should say. But this is still a five out of five episode. Oh, so good. That's it for holiday uh, episodes. We're going to finish with a bit of a year in review, a bit of a uh, talk about the year that was 2018 in TV. So we're going to try and avoid talking about shows. We've watched shows this season that were from other years. Mm-hmm. We might slip into 2017 a little bit. But for instance, we I've did- i tried to keep 2018. We we watched all of The Wire this year. Let's not talk about The Wire. I'm not going to talk about That's that. That's not I relevant. not even get anywhere near my list. I mean, I, I think there's a lot to talk about there. But go listen to the episode. I think episodes. we already talked about it. We, at length. <laughs> so, I just wanted to go over a few things. Um, mm. Let's first start with just our favourite shows of the year. Shows that you look back on now and go, man, they were great. Mm-hmm. Um, i got to say, mm. I'm going to throw this to you first, but we watched a lot of really good shows this we year. We did. We were blessed. So, what what's on your list, Damask? Do you want me to give you... Because I've got three. What do you want? Oh, wow. Three. You've got a shorter list than me. Go. I'm just going to list a I few. I tried to limit myself. I was like, I don't want to... Because otherwise, I'm, it's like every second show we've done. I just don't well, want to do that. kind of is. Okay. Yeah. Go. Go. Do your three and then I'll choose three. Off All that. right. And when I think about like favorite shows, not only are they the ones that I fucking loved, but ones that I feel really proud to share with people. Sure. And be like, this is something really quality and I think you would appreciate it just for what it is. Yep. And those three are Killing Eve. Mm-hmm. I loved Killing Eve. It came out of nowhere for me. It had incredible performances. The story was tight and well, so well written. Great sense of humour. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, mm. incredible talent. Incredible talent. Fleabag and I, season two comes next year. Oh, I'm so excited. And Killing Eve season two. I think they released the first promo image of the new season of Killing Eve, by the way. Yeah. I, like I'm just excited for anything that she's doing. I think mm-hmm. she is so incredible. So like when I say my favorite shows of the year, they are my favorites. But also I'm just really telling the listeners, please watch them Absolutely. if you haven't already. Definitely. Second one, Bojack Horseman. Mm. This show, like I, I suffer from mental illness. It's something that is, you know, a constant struggle for me you know it's like yeah it's 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 hard and it's a hard thing to express and you know experience having a show like Bojack Horseman well not always about like what I'm necessarily going through Mm -hmm. it's simply about someone who is struggling with their own mental illness and that has been incredible did I expect that from a show about a talking horse or talking animals no I didn't and I think that's part of the beauty of it is that it enters you into this kind of fun, silly world and talks about things that are really impactful and I think important. Yeah, I want to jump in on this one because mm. BoJack, we watched all five seasons of that this year and <sighs> so I can't happy we did. get over how great that show is. Yeah, how, I, how I've been missing out on that show yeah. for so long. And at one stage, we're going to talk about like best surprises of the year sort of thing. We ended up nixing that mm. as we're putting this podcast together. Yeah. But that to me was just, I was I got shocked by how great this show really was. Yeah. And I, I think I got shocked by how much this show means to me yeah. now. And I like I it has been a great resource. Like I want to be like honest with people and like this year has been particularly hard for my mental illness. Mm-hmm. I've I've really struggled. And having a show like this has been immensely helpful just to kind of feel like that experience is shared yeah. no matter what it looks like it's shared and like that's been 
so inc- yeah, so amazing to have that. And I, I really appreciate Bojack Horseman and everyone involved in it. It's been like, so you've got to watch it. It's it's something really, really, truly special. You might show. not love season one. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those things like like most of our favourite shows yeah. grow into it. Yeah. It, it evolves. Absolutely. So, yeah, just get through like the first couple of seasons and then, mwah, gorgeous. By the end of season two, you'll be in, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. And my third is Glow. I love Glow. Incredible cast, tight story. I loved season one. I was so happy with what they did season two. I just, this is a show that I put on when it comes out. It makes me so happy. I press play and I have such a good time and I am so invested in these people and I want the best for them, but that's not how shows go. Mm. So I ride the, the highs and lows with them. I just I love Glow. It's something, yeah. It's another thing that's really special to me. Glow seems to be in a weird place in the cultural zeitgeist. I think there's a lot of people who like it, and some people who really do not want this show do don't seem to like it or feel that the show has some bad intentions or there's something wrong with it. Oh, for some you mean things like Glow hates women, which goes yeah. around, which is incorrect. I, I, I do not understand, I don't understand the hate either. of Glow at all, and. Yeah. Um, I, I'm with you. Glow yeah. easily would have been my list as well, but I'm going to yeah. take it off my list to try and simplify things as well. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to reduce this to three as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to start with Atlanta. Atlanta. Mm, season two was fucking great. Loved season one. Season two takes things to a whole new level. It's one of those shows that is definitely not just growing, but evolving and changing and very, very daring, trying all new things, different, just a new voice. Yeah, I love like. the fluidity of Atlanta. Yes. How it can be... An important thing every week in a different way, mm-hmm. and that is so fucking cool. And takes a lot of skill to yes. pull that off. Yeah, to be it's very brave, very daring, very mm-hmm. weird, mm-hmm. and is just happy to do yeah. its thing. And it's tell like its a story. version of Louis that works for me because yeah. a lot of time I struggled with Louis because mm-hmm. I couldn't connect. But for some reason, the way that Atlanta does it, it's so much fun for me, and I. Enjoy, you know, Paperboy is, yeah. I think, an incredible character. Mm-hmm. So Atlanta really, really works for me. And I, yeah, God, it's a daring show. Absolutely. Mm. So glad Atlanta exists. Hopefully, we're getting season three Hopefully. not too far away. Uh, I want to actually going to say American Vandal. I mm. love that was a runner up for me. Yeah. Both seasons and so it's good. Is just so well made. It's such a tragedy that Netflix decided to axe that show. I'm looking forward mm. to it coming back. Uh, Hulu or Amazon, wherever it was, it's coming. Someone is picked it? it up. Yeah, it got picked up again. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, so it is going to happen somewhere else. Fucking I'm awesome pretty news. sure that's correct. I'm Christmas sorry. Christmas miracle. Yeah. Uh, so well, we should get more American Vandal because it is a incredibly mm. well-made show, a fantastic commentary on the genre, and just a really entertaining show in its own right. It's amazing. It's, it's so hard. much fun. It's so hard to criticize yeah. the show. It's, it's almost flawless for what it is. And it like... It might not be the most special, emotionally impactful show out there, but for what it's trying to do, it mm. does so well as to be exceptional, yeah. I think. And it's so hard to critique because you just want to talk about all the things that work about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just like, and this was funny and this was funny. Because the point is it's like critiquing the genre in a pitch perfect way. Mm-hmm. It does that perfectly. And also the jokes are fucking solid. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and finally, I will give my favourite show uh, award to The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Which um, I, I worry that recency might be affecting me, but mm-hmm. the thing is, like, I talked about the time I rewatched the pilot three times, right? And then loved the first season. And then loved the second season. There was not a bad episode in that second season. 
I sort of said at the end of it, it didn't necessarily penetrate me so much as to like follow me home or whatever, follow me mm. to the office. Like it's not just, I'm not thinking about it too much, but what's happening is other people in my household are watching it a little bit behind me mm. and it is great on a rewatch. Like mm-hmm. it is always entertaining and all it, it's such a slick yeah. show and so well written and so well performed and so entertaining and so masterfully crafted. Mm. It's it's a great piece of television. Yeah. And I think exceptional. like this is just for like my own personal experience, but I think sometimes I get lost in what we're doing, which we're like we have to binge watch a show. And so I just do that alone. Like I'm just in my room just like kind of like getting through what we have to get through. Yeah. And with this with Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I had to because my girlfriend was leaving to go to where her family is for Christmas and so I was spending a lot of time at her house and so I would just have to watch it, you know, with her. I was like, sorry, I've, I've got to do this thing. And she would sit there and watch it with me and enjoy it so much. Yeah. And that's not an experience I get very often with the shows that we do. Like generally I have to watch them by myself and she loved it and that was such a wonderful experience because like have like watching that, like just laughing together and mm-hmm. seeing how much someone else loves it and be like, fuck, this show is good. God damn it. Like it's such a tight, beautiful show. And she came in like halfway through like season two and she's yeah. like, I really like this show. I was like, yeah, it's extremely it's good. watchable. It's real good. It's great yeah. television. Uh, best performances. Who stood out for you performance-wise? Betty Gilpin, obviously. I've tweeted numerous times and also Instagrammed about how much this woman is the best actor on fucking television. 2018, 2017. <laughs> She's fucking killing it. Yeah, um, for Gilpin those that don't know, list, from Glow. Um, playing Debbie. Playing Debbie. She, oh, I am mesmerized by this woman. Mm. I think she is so incredibly talented. She brings Debbie to life in a way that makes me go, Whoa, you're so strong. But yes, it does suck to be a woman sometimes. Um, yeah. So do you want me to go through my whole list? Yeah, go for it. Jodie Comer. Yes. Killing Eve. Also on my list. I'm going to say also Sandra Oh. I'm going to give both of them a yeah, bit of shout they're out. Yeah, they're both on my list. They're fantastic. <laughs> she was literally the next one down. Sure. Yeah. The performances in Killing Eve across the board are incredible. Jodie Comer as a sociopath that Villanelle. you love. That you, Villanelle. That you love. It's something to behold. And I encourage everyone to watch that show. Mm-hmm. Also, Sandra Oh does a career defining performance for me. I think. You know, she... Mm? Go on, sorry, nominated, I think, for Best Performer or Female Performer from Television Show. More importantly, she's going to be hosting the yeah, Emmys, which be great. Yeah, yeah. Not, not more importantly, but yeah. it's going to be... Um, I love the idea of seeing her and um, Andy Samberg mm. going to be hosting that. It's going to yeah. be great. And Killing Eve is probably the show that I've recommended more this year than any other show. Mm-hmm. I've been like, people like, oh, you know, what are you watching? What would you recommend? I'm always like, Killing Eve, watch it. It's Fucking great. It's such good TV. And most of that is thanks to these two women and their incredible dynamic and their incredible performances. Mm-hmm. Next one, Tony Shaloub, mm-hmm. our boy from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. He has made Abe the most endearing patriarch from the 50s <laughs> I have ever experienced. <laughs> I did not see it coming. I was ready to hate. And he makes me go, oh, hello, sweetie pie. Hello, cutie. Oh, love you. Mm, I love me some Tony Shalhoub. He, he, yeah. This is a, a not. It's not career defining because he's had a long career of being great. Mm-hmm. But this is just another perfect example of how good this guy is. Yeah. And maybe the the best thing I've ever seen him do. My yeah. favorite thing. 
the vulnerability, mm. but also the need to maintain strength as men, you know, sometimes need to do like that kind of balance. It reminds me as my of my grandpa mm-hmm. as he got older, and like it's so funny, like watching really strong kind of patriarchal men mm-hmm. get older and how more emotional they become as they do. Certainly with like the men in my family, it's pretty interesting how they open their hearts in the later stages in their life. Well, I think that sometimes it's not obvious though. Sometimes I think there's a time, this is getting a little bit philosophical, but mm. in the older men that I've met, I do through my job sometimes meet, you know, men who are getting older, mm. they have aches and pains, so they come and see me as a chiropractor. And it's not necessarily on the surface, but it, it starts to seep through the cracks a little bit. There's that, there's mortality is starting to they like- They feel that vulnerability. And that vulnerability yeah. comes mm. and- they that is interesting to see mm. uh, that a person that yeah used to be like a pillar of like masculinity and strength yeah. start to change a little bit yeah. yeah and i think like i mean i've seen it in my family because i was very sick when i was 21 and mm. so the older men in my family were very you know they had to deal with the thought of losing me and mm. so like they're much more like you know they <laughs> my grandpa particularly like grabs me and like tears up he's like oh, just so you know i love you oh. and abe just reminds me of that like sure. and Tony um, performance reminds me of that. The kind of like, I love you, but I got to be this thing. I love you, but I got to be this thing, which is kind of like a really interesting battle to see. Totally. And my last best performance, mm-hmm. though there have been many more mm-hmm. that I'm sure that I put on this list, is Will Arnett. An incredible. You're looking, you don't know what he's from. What's he from, bro? Forgotten. Will Arnett. Oh, from Bojack Horseman. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's awkward for you. Um, yes. It was the first one that hasn't been on my list. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, go on. Will Arnett's vocal performance as a voice actor was undeniably fantastic in the latest season of Bojack Horseman. Mm-hmm. There's one episode, which I'm going to talk about later. Yes. That is like, I I don't know about nominations. I never check that shit until it's too late or Broad's telling me an off topic hot topic. I oh, should um, check that out. Yeah, yeah you should. Um, but, you know, I, I think what he did this season and in season prior, but particularly this season, was incredibly moving and powerful and it was a brave performance and I really appreciated it. And he truly brings Bojack to life mm-hmm. and I really appreciate that. What are yours, bro? Um, I want to list a couple of quick ones because uh, you've already talked about Tony Shalhoub. I think Rachel Brosnahan and Alex Borstein mm-hmm. are both doing incredible work yes. on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel for all the reasons we talked about earlier. I mean, the last few episodes about Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Go listen to those. Just go watch that show. It's great. Um, a few little, because you've stolen a few of mine, Sandra Owen, oh, and Jodie Carver on mine. Oh, it's fine. Betty Gilpin <laughs> was on mine as well. Uh, I want to bring up maybe some ones that are a little bit offbeat here. I will mention also the main cast of Atlanta. Don mm. Glover, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, and Zazie Beetz. Zazie Beetz, best Zazie ever. Beetz in particular. Uh, they Great are all, and Deadpool too as well. They are probably, I think they're the best ensemble um, of, I think, personally. I You could almost give that to The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. But for me, they might be my favorite, like, core cast. But mm. All four of them are brilliant, I, I think. I think Marvelous Mrs. Maisel might have it for me, but yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I, it's I probably just because I'm a racist. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, a couple of different ones then. These are more almost supporting actor ones. I'm going to give a shout to Darcy Carden uh, for the work she's doing as Janet. Oh, my God. Darcy Carden. The day she liked one of my tweets. Oh, shit. I shit myself, <laughs> buried in the backyard, said a prayer, and... 
a ghost a came to me tree. and said, "You have been blessed." <laughs> it was I fuck I love her. She's I love her so too. goddamn talented. There's we've got a lot to talk She's about. She's so cute. We yeah we I mean it's a long time ago since we did the Good Place season one and two. <laughs> that was this year. That was early this year. Really very early. early. It was like one of our first episodes, wasn't it? Yeah, of this season of yeah. this year, and then we will get back to season three early next year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to talk about there. <laughs> but uh, needless to say, Darcy Carden is still killing it. Henry Winkler. As Gene Cousineau in Barry. Oh my God. I forgot about that performance. (laughs) But Uh, he was good. He was great. Barry was a. Please watch Barry, people. It's such a good show. That's going to come up later as well. We'll talk about Barry. But um, he is fantastic. He is effortlessly good in that Mm -hmm. show. And I really like what Bill Hader's doing in that show. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Darcy Carden's in that one too, actually. Yeah. But I thought Henry Winkler was the highlight of that show for sure. I love Henry Winkler. And. Also, because we've just mentioned her earlier when we're talking about The Office, I thought Lucy Davis in Chilling Adventures of Brina, she, I, I said. Of Brina? Of Brina. We're bringing back that <laughs> fucking shit nickname. Yeah. Uh, possibly, not definitively, possibly my favourite thing she's done. Um, <laughs> I love that I've made him question himself. You hear that, listeners? That's how you do it. But much like Henry Winkler, I think she is the best part of that show. Oh, absolutely. Like she is- Her and Miranda Otto yeah, kill it. I kill yeah. it. I want a show about the older women. I love Miranda Otto. I love Lucy Davis. And oh, I Michelle love Gomez. the women from- Yeah, Michelle Gomez. Oh. I just want to show about those three. They are, they are, they are so good. great. Forget that teen shit. Ugh. Seriously. Mm. All right, Damask. Best mm. episodes of television that we looked at this year. All right. So, I've only got two in this list. Oh, okay. Is that all right? Yeah. You got 17? I've got seven, so that's fine. Great. Yep. So- Bojack, season five, episode six, Free Churro, the eulogy episode, which is pretty fucking special, if you ask me. Um, I mean, I think the whole season is great, mm-hmm. but that episode in particular, I think, does something really interesting. It's really just one character monologuing, um, and it says a whole lot about that character, and it's beautiful to me. Um, the next one is Glow, season two, episode eight, The Good Twin. Mm. That is the episode where we get oh, to watch an actual episode. glow show. Shit, yeah. It is perfection. Alison Brie is a comedic force, as is Betty Gilpin. It's so much fun. Um, it's, yeah, I think a great example of why I love this show. Um, it's, fuck, it's a good show. It's a good episode. Mm-hmm. It's so, much, yeah. Please watch Glow, people, and The Good Twin. You get to watch an actual episode of Glow. It is so great. good. Mm. What are yours? Uh, well, one of them was Glow, but it wasn't that episode actually. It oh. was Glow season two, episode four, the mother. Oh, sorry, mother of all matches. Mm. Which I mean, that'll get you. That will that'll get you. That'll get you, buddy. Great Betty Gilpin performance in that one, um, and great couple of stories about mothers. And then mm-hmm. the the moment when it comes to the match. Oh, holy fuck! That's very uncomfortable. But you got to look at it, white people. Look right in the eyes of that. Housemate was watching that recently. Got to the episode, and I was like, I watched yeah. the whole thing with them because it was great. Yeah. A um, couple of quick ones just to move through. Janet and Michael from The Good Place Season 2, technically 2017, but I really, really... I think that's the best The Good Place has ever been. That stands true to yeah. this day. Uh, Agreed. Also worth bringing up Kiksuya from Westworld, Season 2, Episode 8, um, mm. which was a highlight episode of this last season of Westworld, <laughs> I thought. Um, yep. That's the episode... Send around the Native American host. That was a great episode. Great that was episode. my favourite of that season. Totally. <laughs> it wasn't hard. Bit more serious though. Mm. Well, serious. Uh, more substantial. Teddy Perkins, Atlanta episode six from season two. Mm. 
stands out as just being. God, you got a good memory. I can remember shit. Yeah, Go just on. a very that was a f- season full of great episodes, and I don't think it was even my favorite episode that season when we reviewed it. But thinking back on that episode, was it? And just to, no, I think it was mine. It might have been yours, but it wasn't mine. Oh. Um, it was I don't know, just super different, brave. You've got a, this totally off the wall performance. From not credited, but apparently Donald Glover. I'm pretty sure Donald Glover went to an award show. He as, did. He yes. went to the Emmys as uh, Teddy Perkins because it was nominated for a yeah. Emmy for that. I may have even won. I think can't remember. Um, but yeah, uh, well, no, no. The thing was that wasn't Donald Glover because Donald Glover was there as well. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. That's right. Anyway, so fantastic episode, highlight, one of the highlights of that season full of highlights. Mm. Um, Rosa, I want to bring up quickly as well. Series mm-hmm. 11, episode 3 of Doctor Who was by far the best episode of that season of Doctor Who. A great example of what Doctor Who can be from a sort of, from a meaningful standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think it's got and a modern pa- standpoint. A modern yep. standpoint to tell those sorts of stories and mm. to... And to it was a little bit of a different take on history episodes of Doctor Who as yeah. well. One of the better ones I think we've seen. Mm. I think like the Punjabi one does that as well, where it's like I agree, a modern take two. on a historic uh, moment. Yeah. But finally, I just want to bring up the pilot, season one, episode one of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, mm-hmm. which pilot. is freaking outstanding. Yeah. And almost could be nominated for Best Picture. Like it is, <laughs> it is a great, yeah. great episode of television, I as sold the- as they come. That's sorry, also from last year. Sorry. sorry to interrupt. The best pilot I've seen this year, and I, I'm pretty sure it came out last year or the year before, was, um, but just from my experience, was episode one of American Vandal. Oh, yeah. That's that was such two. a good pilot. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That um, opening bit with Dylan as well, just like <laughs> being introduced great. to him yeah. is great. Uh, honorable mentions. This might, mm. I, I mainly just got shows here, but things I want to just sort yeah. of remind people of as we yeah. head into... I mean, a couple of these I've already mentioned. It Mm -hmm. was just that BoJack continues to be one of the best shows on TV. I encourage everyone to watch it. I encourage those who have been iffy about it. You, I think it's a great show and I think you'd be remiss not to get on board right now Mm -hmm. and enjoy it and get as much as you can from it. Um, Another one, it was Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. Fucking champion of writing. Just I'm so excited for what she's done in the past. Fleabag. Please watch Fleabag if you haven't already. Killing Eve was incredible. Kind of like a move away from what she'd done before. But fuck, she nailed it. Yep. So good. I'm excited for everything she's doing in the future. She's such a powerhouse of writing. We'll try. I think we should try and do Fleabag season one and then season two when I would it love arrives. That. I yep. think we'll, when that, whenever they announce when that's coming out, we'll yep. try and fit that in for sure. Season one of Fleabag is something that is really special, so mm. I would love to talk about that further. Mm. Another one is um, End of the Fucking World. That was on my list as well. <laughs> that was way... That's so long ago now, Yeah, but great. But I hope great. people see it who otherwise might have given it a miss yeah. because... It's on Netflix, everyone. The performances are great. Mm-hmm. The story is beautiful and unique. Um, yeah, it's another one of those things that makes go, that, that was a really special experience to watch that. And that's one thing I love about doing this podcast with you is that we get to experience things because I'm, I'll be honest, a very lazy person. And so this podcast forces me to really get through shows that would take me a billion years to get to. If we go back 88 episodes to when we first started <laughs> the podcast, that was kind of the whole reason we started yeah. this. It was yeah. like, we need, we love television, but we're behind yeah. in a lot of shows. Uh, we hadn't watched Breaking Bad at that point. We hadn't watched The Wire. Mm. We need an excuse to go back and do these things. Otherwise, we never will. Yeah. And that was the whole idea of this show. Mm. And it's evolved to be it more about- 
But it's also like that evolution has led us to discover things that might we might have lost. Yeah. Um, because there's so much coming out at the moment. Yeah. So and Pig TV of, is a bitch. Yeah. End of the fucking world is a great example of that. I think it's a show that probably a lot of people might not have picked up on, mm-hmm. but I heartily encourage you to watch it. It I think one of the best shows of the year. I really appreciated what it was. It was you know, it's based on a graphic novel and you really get a sense of that and it's it feels like a really special story. Can I and, say- the, and the actors in it are phenomenal. Young young actors, but God damn, they do a great job. Can I just say with that one as well, mm. over the holiday break, it's an easy watch. It goes mm. for like two, two and a half it's hours. It's pretty much the a movie. Thing. It's yeah. basically a movie that's yeah. been cut up into parts. Although it it feels like it's purposely cut up. It doesn't feel like it's been like shredded. <laughs> it's um, it's 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 an easy parts watch. Yeah. of a story. Yeah. It's an easy watch. It's a, maybe a great one if you've got a mm. rainy day or something like yeah. that, and you just want to sit down and watch something. It's on Netflix. Easy watch season one of End of the Fucking World it's on, on Netflix everywhere. On right? Netflix, yeah. I believe everywhere. Maybe I'm not about, don't know about the UK. But I'm going to assume it's on Netflix there too. Yeah. Uh, anything else on mentions was um. For me, Barry was an unexpected delight. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. That was also I, <laughs> I, you know, I am a fan of Bill Hader. I love him on SNL. I've, you know, enjoyed some of the stuff that he's done with Kristen Wiig. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's something really special about him. Mm-hmm. And I really saw that. That certainly became apparent while watching Barry. I thought it was something really special. It was funny mm-hmm. it made me Dark as feel fuck. a whole bunch of stuff mm. it was very introspective and like when i was talking about bojack before you know about like mental illness and kind of like you know seeing like a version of yourself or something similar to something was really important i think i also had that experience with barry like it was uh, yeah it was really special and i encourage people to watch it if they haven't already mm-hmm. what about you um a lot of the all of those i agree with mm. Uh, I do want to bring up The People versus O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story. Mm. That was a great season of television. Sarah Paulson's amazing. Sarah Paulson is amazing. It was good to, as someone who sort of was alive for the O.J. Simpson stuff, but never really investigated any sort of time into it. Well, you were very whittle. I was very whittle. You were very whittle. Whittle, whittle. Wee little lad. I, <laughs> it was... Angel, obvi- is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously... He, uh, it's not a necessary a super completely faithful, but surprisingly good with its details. I think along the way, it does some great stuff with that story. That's for sure. It does, and it was very engrossing and really, really well told. Mm. And I probably wouldn't have watched it if it wasn't for the podcast. I highly recommend it if you haven't seen that and you're mm-hmm. interested in that uh, story, go and watch that. Kidding was mm. excellent. Really loved what that show was doing. Great performance yeah. from um, a few different people on that, particularly Jim Carrey. Uh, not for everyone, I don't think, kidding, no. but definitely worth a try. And Jim Carrey is such like an idol for me. Like I grew up with Jim Carrey. He Great was like doing good work. formed really a, a huge chunk of my sense of humor because I grew up on his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was nice to see him doing something because I, you know, haven't really seen a lot from him because he did that stupid Penguin movie. And the last movie I really connected with was Eternal Sunshine. Um, Stupid penguin movie. Something like Mr. Pickles has a bunch of penguins or whatever the fuck it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's the exact title. That's it. Um, I'm great at marketing. Hire me. Um, Yeah, so it was really lovely to see something that made me go, that's why I love Jim Carrey. Well, you've got something to look forward to. He's playing uh, Dr. Robotnik, a.k.a. Eggman, in the upcoming Sonic uh, live-action movie. That's something to look forward to. (laughs) Is it? No. (laughs) Although I I think that's great casting, I gotta say. It might be a horror movie, but I'm... (laughs) I mean, then when I think about like if 
it came out today that Jim Carrey was the Grinch. I'd be like, oh, God, that's going to be bad. The Grinch is my favourite Christmas People movie. People hate that movie. I love it. It is my favourite. I connect emotionally with the Grinch. It is so funny. I think it came out at the right time for us. I think its, it's sense of humour hits right at the right age for us when that movie came out. Because I can't tell you how many people d- despise that film. It's a funny movie. Twitter I don't know. I, I disagree. It's ripping it to shreds currently. I di- who is? Twitter in general is no. ripping it to shreds. I disagree wholeheartedly. I think at any age... It is fucking hilarious. The Grinch is just like a moody bitch. I'm an idiot. It's great. You're an idiot. There's some great lines <laughs> on there. So <laughs> it's so good. Like and it and it just too. like when the Grinch is at home talking to himself. Oh, it's the best. Oh, well, uh, I'm it's whisper like this. So by the time the voice gets back to me, I won't be able to hear it. You're an idiot. Sorry. <laughs> I like that movie too. Amazing. Uh, sharp Objects, I also really enjoy. Mm, Great. Uh, not Amy Acker. Amy Adams' performance. <laughs> Fred was not in that show. No. Uh, Got your Whedon head on. Well, yes, it was. No, that was that was really enjoyable too. And Maniac as well, I also definitely... Honourable mention. Interesting, Worth yeah. a look. Not for everybody either, but I uh, enjoyed enough to recommend it. It can be it. a lot of fun if you're... If you're up for it, I think if, you, stuff. if you're enjoying the first couple episodes, yeah, it's probably, probably it's best in the first couple episodes, but mm-hmm. I still liked it for what it yeah. was. Dishonorable mentions. Looking forward to this. Oh, girl. What are we going to rag on? Oh, I'll tell you. Please. We've already ragged on it. Westworld season two. Fuck. Eat my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, wow. I, it's been, it's, it's a rare been a experience for me to... Really be invested in season one mm. and then to watch a second season and be like, how dare you? Mm. What the fuck was that? I am so confused. You've wasted my fucking time. I I did not like Westworld season two. It's interesting. We've talked recently a lot about second seasons, mm. how they're so important, right? Some shows- I'm interested with Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. Which, Maisel, yeah. great example. Yeah. A show which like seemed to have found its voice and it's really full- Steam and full of confidence and like it's becoming the show yep. it's gonna be. Understands what is good because I, I remember like talking about like Mrs. Mays and be like you know second season is a rocky time for people yes. you know egos get bigger mm-hmm. as do budgets and that can be a real problem. Yeah, Mrs. Maisel recognised what was good and Community did this as well. Community did it. It's like what what's Parks good, what's working, it. let's evolve, let's see what's happening. Parks and Rec deliberately like got rid of some characters, introduced yep. new ones, mm-hmm. and like that show got. Infinitely better yeah. as soon as it did that. They Sorry, workshopped it. See, the yeah. model was a workshop. They yeah. learnt from their mistakes. They moved forward. And it was for the better. Westworld did not do that. Went off the rails. They went up their own ass um, and got lost in an abyss of shit. Yeah, Westworld says Was that too beautiful? Was that too poetic? It was. It brought a tear to my eye. Mm, yeah, or my so. anus. Uh, <laughs> what else do some mention? <laughs> my Okay, so I've got two more. Yep. One I know you're not going to agree with. Oh, here we go. Um, this one. This is the one you're not going to agree with. It's sharp objects, isn't it? I'm scared. No, of course not. Oh. I like sharp not, objects. Sorry, um, search party. It is search party. <laughs> search party hurt my feelings <laughs> a lot. Uh, I don't like mean people. I don't like bullies. This is a show about mean people and bullies and no one being like, fuck you, you're a mean person and a bully. And I didn't like it. I think it's in the text that they're mean persons and bullies though. Yeah, I don't want to watch a show about them. That's fair. I don't don't think they're funny enough to pull it off. So you can have that with Seinfeld because they're fucking funny. That show is not funny enough to make me forgive that they are terrible people. It's too real. It's too close to life. I deal with dickheads on a daily basis. Don't want to watch it on my TV. So it's interesting because we've talked about The Office, the UK office, mm-hmm. which if it was just about David Brent would be insufferable because Tim and 
corner in there, gives it perspective, gives it yeah. light, it helps it work. Which I think we mentioned in the episode where we talk about it because I was outside that or another show where I was saying it works because you have the people around them going, oh, he's awful. Sure. That's the comedy. Also, Community, you didn't like it early on because you didn't like Jeff Winger. And Jeff then was an asshole. It got better mm-hmm. because they became a family unit and then mm-hmm. you liked it. So that's very for true. For those for that might be new to the show, <laughs> I don't like to be stressed in any way. Uh, and if a show is slightly stressful without some sort of satisfaction or relief, can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And if something is skewed as a comedy, something where I'm meant to be able to relax and enjoy myself and is in fact me watching people be horrible and then I have to take on the hurt and pain of those experiencing it because they're not allowed to express it on screen, it's too much. It's way too much. I fucking hated that show. And it made me legitimately, it was a real struggle, made me depressed. Mm. Like I remember like watching it and like I messaging you be like I can't do it and I was like at home crying because it was too awful <laughs> which is why we haven't done season two I need to get to it one day because yeah, you can watch I, it I'm not I doing liked it season one I, but I, I understand like why it. you didn't like it it's too much for my little soft heart I got one more yes is that right yes please um <laughs> we've got to, it's over two hours already yeah. just go for it <laughs> it's obvious it's Jessica Jones season two. Oh yeah that was on my list too <gasps> I loved season one and I knew that season two probably wasn't going to be that good because we had tortured ourselves with the rest of the Marvel Netflix universe, which was not good. Hey, it doesn't exist it anymore. Mildly. Um, it doesn't exist. She's R. the R. last P. one. Apart from the, apart from the Punisher, she's the last one standing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, season two really let me down because I loved season one. Mm. It's something that I have always said, like, I'd love to rewatch. And I think I will because I think it's a solid season. Mm-hmm. Season two, don't remember a fucking thing. Terrible. I remember Boom. I didn't like it. I remember I hated the ending. <laughs> oh, no. There was a bit at the end that was kind of good. I got into a, finally got to a good place and I was like, oh, that's good. But it took too long to get there. And the rest I don't even remember what you're talking about because that's how little I cared about the season, which is disappointing because I loved the first. What Fair was enough. yours? Uh, so, Dishonorable Mentions. Westworld was on there. Jessica Jones was on there. <laughs> Picnic at Hanging Rock. Um, yeah. What's so funny you about haven't that is- actually. Let's. This is finally yep. the time to mask. Right. I've got a whole episode. Me and Kyron. We talked about mm. Kyron from uh, the two Dialogue men Options talking podcast. about ladies. Let's ride. Am I right? Woo. We already talked about this at length. Uh, thanks, Kyron, for being on the episode. Dialogue Options, great video game podcast. Yeah. Go and check that out. Um, the mask. I you have m- not had a chance. Go for it. What did you think of Picnic Hanging Rock? It was fucking awful. I hated it. <laughs> what a waste of my goddamn time. Um, you know what's like? I think like a really important thing to put in a show a is a story. story? <laughs> <laughs> They're on the same page there. Yeah. yeah, put a fucking story in your show. Put a narrative. Put character. Arts. A mood essay was not enough for you. <sighs> Would have been a great two-minute short film. Yeah. Put it in Trop Fest, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put it on my fucking TV. Don't take up. The $5 left on the table for Australian funding. Don't take it. Leave it for someone else that might do something genuinely of value. Uh, yeah, not a fan of Picnic. Can put you in, tell? Put in Trop Fest might be the funniest thing you've ever said. I love that. <laughs> I think that's rude, but sure. Sure. I'm uh, hilarious all the fucking time. Fuck you. That's a good point. Uh, by the way, if you can't tell, we've had a couple of drinks along the way here. Festive drinks. Don't tell the people that I'm wasted every episode. Come on. <laughs> not every. It's every second episode. It's not <laughs> it's, every episode. Been a lot recently. Go on. Uh, Doctor Who series eleven let me down. I gotta say, yeah, that let me down. I think like I've been avoiding talking about the recent episodes, but yeah, no, you're right. 
Absolutely right. I was chatting with my cousin today, of all things, and she just said to me outright, she I haven't seen her in years. And mm. we just caught up today finally. And she was like, Doctor Who. And we like the rest of our family split up. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll be there in a little bit. We'll have a chat. And we just had this like vent session about you gotta, you gotta do it. About series eleven. And just like, yes, Jody's good. We like Jody. But the fucking companions are boring as fuck, except for Graham. It was, what is the story? What is what going is, on? It's got no, it's got no uh, big idea. It's yeah. got no thesis. It's got no voice. It's got no voice. It's a really mm. good way of putting it. It does do some good things with historical episodes. I think it's got to be one of the weakest seasons of just the least fun mm-hmm. seasons of Doctor Who ever. It's missing. Going back and watching The Christmas Invasion reminded me. Just how fun Doctor Who is meant mm. to be, right? That's that's got to be part of the yeah. thesis of the show. Have you watched Runaway Bride recently? Not recently. I no. can go home sometime over the Christmas I period. Will. Watch Runaway Bride. It's so much fun. Okay, so I'll do that. So much fun. It'll I'll make you feel that. real good. And also the first episode with Donna in the start season six. Oh, it makes me laugh so much. Five, whatever it is, it's great. So good. They're the best. Uh, four, four, whatever it is. Uh, and finally, mm, this is a little bit of foreshadowing. Dishonorable mention to the good place. That uh, is foreshadowing. I, yeah. I. Wow, dishonorable so, mention. So, I was the dissenting voice when we first talked about this. You and Sean really loving on the good place. Me yeah. trying to like knowing I liked parts of it. There are particular episodes mm-hmm. in particular I like. Janet, I like Michael a lot. There are some bits I hate about the show, and just generally feeling like the show was. Just keeping its head above water. Mm-hmm. You think they drown this season? I can't wait to talk about season three. So <laughs> over yet. But I'm just going to say, I mm. fucking told you so. Is all I want to say. I think how. I like I that think- you say that as though that's a small thing to say. <laughs> oh, you know, all I want to say is. Fuck your mum and your entire family. <laughs> oh, cool. Sweet. Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> no, it's just I, I I feel like can't wait to talk about season three in proper, mm, but I feel vindicated I've got a lot of thoughts about it, yeah. That the way I felt about it mm. since season one has been proven right in season three. And that's all yeah. I will say. But I don't think that discounts the value oh, of season two. There is still a lot about say. the good place that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Janet and Michael in particular, especially Darcy Carden in that show. And can I say, like, well, my experience to yours has been similar of mm. the later season. I've had many people come up to me to wanting to talk about The Good Place and rave about it. Yeah. I- Which I – because I don't want to be an arsehole, but also, like, this show has kind of taught me to be an arsehole because I just speak honestly about what I think about you a show. You mean hunting seasons has taught you to be an arsehole. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um <laughs> And Broad has taught me how to be an asshole, and so best teacher there is. That's right, um, and so I I want to be as honest and like I would have good conversations with people about television because you know it's a very important aspect of my life. And I had a friend today come up and be like, oh, you know, I finally I watched all the Good Place recently, and I was like, and I was being very diplomatic, and I was like, oh yeah, no, I really I really like the Good Place, and then I I was like leave it hanging there. I was like I can't finish it like that. I was mm-hmm. like. But the latest season has left me really disappointed. Um, and that's all I said because I didn't want to get into it because I was like, I had too many thoughts and I knew like, you know when people want to have a casual conversation with television about you? No. Because they like, <laughs> well, not you because you like wear on your fucking sleeve. But me, I carried a bit more subtly and people want to have a casual conversation with me about television, not knowing who I am. Sure. Or my value system. Sure. I was like, 
I don't think you want to get this started because it will never end. It will be a rain of fire upon you and your house about my opinion about this one show that you've watched maybe five episodes of. I think the defining moment in our friendship was the time that uh, a mutual associate of ours... And you're exactly what you're talking about. It was a party. We were wasted. We were wasted. And he dared talk ill of Joss Whedon. And we fucking teamed up like... I don't know if you've seen Dragon Ball Z when they people like two people fuse, they do a fusion dance, they become like one huge powerful entity. We did that and went to fucking town on this guy. The we did not f- let him know. <laughs> the funny thing about Bron and I is like back in the day, not so much recently, but back in the day, if alcohol was involved, we would get in fights. Like we would just like Oh yeah. We would get in some Oh wow, that's been a while. Real yeah. like verbal assault. <laughs> Which, you know, we love each other, so it's fine. Yeah. But then, like, when this... So, usually, like, every time we drink, like, blah, 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 because we're so passionate and when yeah. we're drunk, we our listening capacity goes way down. <laughs> so, we get much angrier. But at this one occasion, this poor person disagreed with both of our point of view. <laughs> and so, all of that anger was just focused on that one person and they no longer oh, exist man. now. Kamehameha. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's what happened. Oh, what a lovely memory to end on. <laughs> uh, that's all I've got. In the spirit of Christmas, though, I'd like to do mm. a couple little things at the end of this season. This We're going to our- sing a song. <laughs> Jingle bells, jingle bells. This was our sec. We are getting drunk. This is the second year of hunting seasons. Mm-hmm. Our first year, we got through 50 episodes. Didn't get quite through that many this year. We got through 38 in the end, plus Switch a couple it. of bonus episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got to 40 episodes total, which is not terrible, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But I want to thank a few people. First of all, I want to thank our guests. Um, we had Sean Kirkpatrick on early in the year. Mm-hmm. Love you, Shawnee. Thanks so for coming good. on. Cameron Williams came on to do Gorgeous the man. Star Trek Discovery. Got to thank Cam. He's been a great mentor this year. Mm. New new friend of ours, which has been great. We'd like to thank him for all the free tickets he gives us. <laughs> yeah, thanks premieres. for taking us to the movie to the movies every now and again. That's great. So good. Uh, Lauren. Uh, we've got Lauren DeJong, who's been on the show before, yes. coming off the glow. And Lauren, whose name I don't want to say because I always get it wrong, but we did Versace together. That's correct. Gorgeous. Uh, also, uh, Joe. Uh, Joachim. Joachim. Coughlin. Who yep. came on for Riverdale. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Kyron Morrison of the Dialogue Options Podcast. Great video game podcast. Go and check that out. Thank you mm-hmm. for coming on and discussing with me the two white guys talking <laughs> about uh, Picnic Hang Rock. That was mm, great. Patriarchy, am I right? And uh, Hannah Dallas was also a guest this year. Oh, Hannah. Thanks for Hannah yeah. coming on talking about sharp objects with us. But most of all, I'd like to thank our uh, dedicated listeners. We've I thought you were going to thank me. All right. Mm. Fine. <laughs> Just wait your turn. Um, we've had a bit of a bump in uh, listenership this year, we which was have, great. yeah. And um, we've had a little bit more interaction with our audience this year, which mm-hmm. has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thank you for those who are following us on Twitter, who are reaching yes. out to us. Thanks to Brad S for bringing up the problem with our email form. Um, <laughs> Brad S! <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, it's been awesome mm-hmm. um, getting to know and talk with you guys on a daily basis. Stephen, I hope you're enjoying uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, yeah, which you're get on you, slamming mate. at the moment, apparently. <laughs> Legend. Getting through it. Um, no, it's been truly wonderful. Yeah. And it it's very, it's great, you know, we're a little podcast, you know, no one knows who we are yet, but the people who are listening. Yeah. Um, really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. It makes this all mm-hmm. worthwhile. It's been fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for your support. Can I, sorry, before go you end, it. can I just say before we go that in the core episode, I'm not sure if you listened to it because she's got a lot going on right now, but Kiki, I'm not sure if that's your real first name, but that's what I'm calling you. She, um, 
Yeah, she spoke about how she's been a bit ill lately, mm-hmm. um, had a few hospital visits, been you know struggling health-wise for a little while. She's doing better Yay. at the moment and she's enjoying the holiday season with her family. Excellent. And yeah, so Brad and I wish you a very merry, happy holiday. Absolutely. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's fantastic, Kiki. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you're doing well and all the best to you. Thank you, Damask, for a wonderful year. Thank you, Broderick. I've had a really awesome time this year. It's yeah, been it's been fun. Great. I love what the podcast is becoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thank you, listener, very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Uh, and thank you. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, of course, you can. Um, you can email us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at huntingscast. Also, if you want to give us a little bit of a holiday Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa present, mm. um, please, we'd really appreciate you sharing this podcast with mm. people who you think might also enjoy listening or giving us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify or whatever po- podcast platform you prefer. And thank you to those who already have, because we often we do plead with you to do that. it. But the yeah. ones who have already done it and keep championing the show, we really appreciate you doing that. So thank you very much. Our logo and design work comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shorty Boy Draws. Our theme song from Jordan Calavis and our bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. We have to get Lucas on the show one day soon. We do. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at B Gordis, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, Damask. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram at MaskyMoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. Next year, we'll be back to discuss, plan to discuss the first episode, not set in stone. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but the plan is to discuss The Good Place Season 2, Season 3, sorry, is yep. the um, first episode back. Expect that end of January, start of February time. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a little bit of a break over the start of January. Um, Mama needs a break. Mama needs to take her pills. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great year. It's been a long year. It's time mm, for a bit of a break. Yeah. So we'll see you then. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. A hunting season's greetings to you all. Bye for now. Happy Merry. Merry Happy. Happy. <laughs>